Hey, hey, welcome back to the show, the wrestling show. We're keeping it real, goes right. It's me, it's me, it's El Jefe of Real Take Sports, INC. El Jefe, Omar Qureshi, joined always, as always, by my co-host, my, my partner in life and in crime, Trevor, the barman, Souton. How are you, sir? <laughs> oh, I am. Uh, I am uh, tired. I am uh, busy as a beach, but I am here, and and I think you're here to talk about wrestling. And what a week in wrestling we got here, Trevor. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. We're going to be talking about a of WWE Extreme Rules. We're going to be talking about Owen Hart being all elite in 2021. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with hitting that like button, subscribing, and hitting that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released, guys? So much to get to. Uh, Trevor, just before we get started, though, what if you could? This is a big week in wrestling. We have it one really of the is. biggest. We have the one of the biggest TV uh, episodes of wrestling ever. In the history of wrestling, uh, tomorrow night on Dynamite, we have Extreme Rules coming up. Just what do you? How do we put this into perspective for for people? We've we've talked about this past couple months. This is po quite possibly the best year in pro wrestling. Um, everything that's happening, it's it's happened. It it's something that hasn't happened before. Put it like that. You don't get you typically get big. TV events in a pay-per-view in the same week. It doesn't typically happen, but here in 2021, it is happening. And possibly because wrestling has been is better than it has been in the past, dare I say it, 20 years. It's so, I mean, you got you have a lot to look forward to. Don't know what to expect, but you have a lot to look forward to. So I'm excited. Super excited. I like how you said that. It, this actually might be the biggest year in wrestling that, that, Definitely in my lifetime, um, but let's talk about it, and let's like that's the best part about it. This journey has just been—it's been an uphill thing for both of us talking about wrestling every week, and and it's just gotten better and better each week we talk about it. That's it's it's so great. Anyway, so let's get to it. Let's talk about it, and let's start off by talking about one of the biggest pay-per-views that WWE is going to put on this month because I believe they have two. I think Crown Jewel, actually no, Crown Jewel is in October. That's Never awesome. mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but uh, it, it, it's not <laughs> it's not canon, Marks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but WWE Extreme Rules will be live this Sunday, September 26th on pay-per-view. Sorry, not on pay-per-view. Live on the Peacock Network or whatever <laughs> it is. It's going to be live on Peacock, September 26th, Extreme Rules. And it's going to feature a lot of interesting matchups. Uh, we're going to have Liv Morgan taking on Carmella. We're going to have the Usos versus the Street Profits as the Usos defend their WWE SmackDown Tag Team titles. Damian Priest will defend his United States title in a triple threat match against Jeff Hardy and Shamo. Uh, you're also going to have Charlotte Flair putting her Raw Women's title on the line against Alexa Bliss. Roman Reigns versus The Demon. Finn Balor for the WWE Universal title. 
and Becky Lynch, the man, returning to pay-per-view, uh, having her first, uh, having her second match, actually, since uh, she returned at SummerSlam, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's title. Is this all the matches? This is the yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, this is a B pay-per-view, remember? Whoa. So WWE is now doing, like, B pay-per-views are shorter. They're, like, about two, two and a half hours long. So they took mercy on us. But Trevor... We, we, we ran down the card, uh, just general impressions of this show and kind of the build-up to the entire thing. You know what? For the first time, I have to I have to admit that I'm looking forward to at least one Raw match. <laughs> and and, and that, that's not that's saying a lot because I could care less mostly about Raw. But it's it's actually a, a pretty good pay-per-view. I actually... The card, if, if it lives up to its expectations, it should be a good, a good card. Good pay-per-view on together. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, one of the glaring things about this pay-per-view that I noticed was <laughs> the fact that... Ooh, ow. Uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> I, oh, God. Ow, we've really got to cut that out <laughs> before the people on Spotify and Apple Podcasts <laughs> like stop listening. <laughs> but... <clears throat> no! One of the big things, one of the big glaring things that I noticed from this pay-per-view leading into it was the fact that there were no Extreme Rules matches on this pay-per-view announced at all. And they just kind of just got changed or whatever in the middle of this week. Like Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor is the only Extreme Rules match on this entire card. Other than that, there's, no, there, there's nothing else. There's no stipulations. So they have a whole pay-per-view dedicated to Extreme Rules. And the name of it is Extreme Rules, and they have one Extreme Rules match. And look, I I will say this. I'm also the guy who gets pissed off at the fact that there's like 15 uh, uh, Hell in a Cell matches every year on the same night. I'm the same guy who gets pissed (laughs) off at that, and you're damn right I am. Because you can have an entire night where the card is just Extreme Rules matches, hardcore matches. That's fine. But you're telling me you can, but Hell in a Cell is a special type of stipulation. You can have a few hardcore matches, which I just don't get why you're calling it Extreme Rules. Just just go back and call it the horror show or something, or exactly. or bring stupid, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, bro, the the big balls of fire. Yeah, bring that back. <laughs> oh, see see, see how we how that how well that does between the 18 to 35 demo. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, so. I mean, it, it's been a mediocre build for some of these matches, like the the Usos versus Street Profits. That's n- that's a nothing match. It's gonna be fun to watch, but it's gonna be a nothing match. Um, the probably the best build to any match on this card, uh, in my opinion, has been the uh, Damian Priest, Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy match, which yeah, that's I, which I, which I liked. You know, I mean, look, it was it's it was a thing. We'll talk about it. I'm sure. Anyway. So, Trevor, let's start off with the first match. Liv Morgan taking on Carmella. What do you think about it? Who wins and why? Um, it's kind of like a lackluster match. Not not because either one of the women can't wrestle because they're both very talented wrestlers. I just – there's really no build-up to it. It's um, I say Liv wins because, in my eyes, you're trying to push put Liv over. And right now, Carmella is kind of over, but – the Bella talent is put is is put live over. So my opinion is live wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Liv wins for the same reasons you said. I don't feel like we need to talk about it too much in depth. If you're right. going at because they used to have also already wrestled and Liv has already beaten Carmella a few times over the summer, so this is literally a nothing match. There's nothing that's really going to be accomplished. You just continue Liv's winning streak at this point and 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 hope that they do something with her in the SmackDown Women's Title picture because she 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 deserves it. She's a good worker. Yes. I think she's over with the crowd to an extent that WWE doesn't realize, or people in the back at least don't realize. And I, I look, she's one of my favorite things about SmackDown, yep. and that's saying a lot considering that this is the show that has Roman Reigns, uh, Becky Lynch, and and Bianca Belair and the like. Um, one quick thing, uh, one quick aside. Uh, Ibby B in the chat says, I'm usually sleeping at this time in England, but I'm awake and glad to catch the stream. Always enjoy listening to your thoughts, guys. Keep up the great work. Much appreciated, Ibby B. Thank Thanks you. So much. Thank you. Please, please get some sleep when you can, my friend. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think this is a live Morgan wins, but WWE likely going to serve us with a Carmelo win because oh, they love 50 50 booking, right? Anyway, moving on, the Usos taking on the Street Profits. What do you think? Like you said, uh, should be entertaining. Um, that's another match, though. It should be very entertaining. Usos retain. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say about it. This is going to be the sh- one of the shortest pay-per-view reviews we've ever done. Usos win, <laughs> lol. Um, like this is, I love the Street Profits. They're going to go out there and have a very good match. It's going to be entertaining. Oh, yeah, going to match. have a lot of great moves. They are going to put on, they could put on a clinic and steal the show. But at, at no point am I going to think that the Usos titles are, are in jeopardy. Because they're they're building this whole thing between the New Day and the in the Bloodline, and I think the titles are an important part of that going into Survivor Series because you want to have Biggie as the WWE Champion, and the and eventually the New Day is gonna gonna win the tag titles, and then on the other side you want to have Roman Reigns as representing SmackDown as the Universal Champion and the New Day right. or sorry the the Bloodline rather the Usos having the SmackDown tag team titles so. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's what makes sense. You would have that Raw and SmackDown dynamic because that's what they do at Survivor Series. But WWE has never before, uh, has all, has sometimes before bent to logic. So who knows? Yeah, sure. um, let's go to this match, which I think is going to be probably one of the best matches of the night. Uh, Damian Priest versus Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title, a triple threat match. What do you think? Good, great buildup. Like, again, piggybacking off what you said, great buildup. I thought um, I, I like what they're finally doing with Damian Priest. Uh, I like what they're doing with Sheamus. Um, Jeff Hardy, there's a nice little topping on there. Uh, I personally say Damian Priest wins only because you want to keep his momentum. You want to keep keep building him up. But, I mean, this is WWE. You could see a Jeff Hardy title signing. It's possible. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. They they could do a thing where 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 Damian Priest doesn't get pinned but loses the title. But I don't see I don't see the logic in that, especially when if they're gonna hot shot a title, they more they're more likely to do it on Raw nowadays than they are on actual pay per view. So right. Uh, so I mean I just think it's a great way to sh- build up Damian Priest as a monster, have him beat two legends, and yes, Sheamus at this point I think is a legend. Like Sheamus is a great wrestler, was a five time world five time five time. Five-time. 
I'm pretty sure it's a five time, five time world <laughs> heavyweight champion. At this point, um, you know, Jeff Hardy's had about three or four title reigns. Uh, you know, this is a big way, and and I think if you emphasize that, if you emphasize the fact that Damian Priest pinned two future Hall of Famers, two future world champions in the same night, or two former world champions in the same night, that is big for this kid's career. Um, and it is. And look, kid, he's like 37. That's big for this guy's <laughs> career, and and it, and it could launch him into that main event picture as well. But uh, one thing that I I have not seen WWE do as of recently is is build people up to that to that mold, right? Right. Because right. because you know they never mention or they'll sometimes throw it in there, but they'll never really build up the fact that Sheamus has won the title. Four, the world title four times, five times, whatever it is. They don't really mention Jeff Hardy, like re- like really mention it being Jeff Hardy is a multiple time world champion, and and Damian Priest is holding his own against this this glo- so like, this future too, future like, Hall of Famer. I'm just like build them. I'm sorry, just build them up, and yeah. and, and so that the guy who beats them actually looks good at the end of it. Exactly, I, I totally agree with you. Like, it, but it's so weird that they don't like with other wrestlers. They'll say, oh. AJ Styles, the former blah 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 champion, or um, th- just some random person, the former blah, blah blah champion. But they don't do that with Sheamus and um, and, and Jeff Hardy. Like I don't think I've ever really heard that Shame, uh, Jeff Hardy was a former champion, heavyweight champion. Like, yeah, I'm. Yeah. It's just weird about that. It's weird. I agree. It is weird, especially because like they they're always building up how our truth is a ninety nine time twenty four seven seven eleven ninety five champion, whatever he is. Like they're they're always building that up, and I'm just like, dude, like everyone, I've won the twenty four seven title a bunch of times. Like I've won it a few times. Like come on now. Exactly. I'm pretty sure you have a reign there. You don't even remember. I'm pretty sure I do too. Like I yeah, mean, <laughs> at this point, everyone's had it. Everyone's like, had it. I'm sure IBB in the chats had it too. <laughs> Gronkowski's had the belt, so come on. Gronkowski's had the belt. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Like it, it is that belt is that is that is the people's belt. I will say that that the twenty four seven title is the people's belt. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> everyone, everyone gets a piece. Um, yeah. Uh, but we, I think we're in agreement here. Damian Priest probably retains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, on to our uh, title matches, our our world title matches. First, let's start off with Charlotte Flair taking on Alexa Bliss. This has been built up as Charlotte Flair being uh, the the main, the, the you know, she's the champion. And Alexa Bliss really trying to play mind games with, with Charlotte, with the doll and everything. And it's come off, it's come across as, as well as... And either of us probably would have uh, thought it would. Not great. Uh, yeah. But a lot of people are thinking this could be a chance for Alexa to get the title. What do you think? So I will I, I, So I will also agree. It has not come across well, as we've talked about this many, many times. But I will also say this. I've enjoyed the, the promo she's done a little more than I had in the past. Like this much more, this this, this much more, this, this this much, this much, like this, this one. But like that, like I haven't turned it off immediately. I've turned it off like five minutes in, but not immediately. Um, no, actually, like two minutes in, but still, because uh, I still don't watch wrestling. I still don't watch Raw, but it's still a it's still a terrible gimmick because they have not nurtured it. They have not, like, done what they should have done with it. But 
Yeah, but yeah, I think this is going to be a chance to Alexa Bliss gets the belt. So I say Alexa Bliss. Her, her the, it's been better. I said you saw the margin, right? It's like the the thumb, the the fingernail. Like, <laughs> I that's wow. not much. Wow, you and I are on opposite sides. Of that. How has she done better? Like, no, Alexa Bliss is turning chicken salad into, into. Well, no, she's turning chicken shit into significantly less smelly chicken shit. No, like, like oh, it's yeah, not great. Yeah. I, I didn't. Did I once say that it was amazing proto? No, I said it's a teensy tiny bit better than what it used to be. <laughs> no, it, not once did I say it's an amazing gimmick or it was an amazing promo. No, that's not what I say. I I said I have turned it off two minutes in, which is a better than just turn it off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, no, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be an interesting match because they both can wrestle. But other than that, no. Alexa it's, Bliss no. is my is my favorite. She is my favorite female wrestler in the entire world. Her talents are being wasted. Yes, they wasted are. by the Raw creative team. This gimmick is trash. She can't save it. I'm sorry. You're doing a great job, a better job than anyone else on the planet would do. Alexa, this cannot be saved. The dolls are probably gonna gonna going to get a lot in merch sales. I actually I don't even know if they're gonna get a lot in merch sales. With Dave, Uncle Dave Meltzer. Let us know how, what's going on with her merch have, on that doll. Does she even have merch at this point? Oh, she has the doll. The doll. And okay. that, which is exactly why I think they might put the title on her. I think they're going to put the title on her to put her in, in more, more, even more so in the limelight for uh, for Monday Night Raw. And so that they can probably try to sell those dolls because they got – I saw pictures. They have like literally barrels full of of, of that uh, Lily doll. So that li they're trying to get Lily over. They're not – which, again, is hurting Alexa's chances of getting over. And look, at the end of the day, they're going to have a very good match. These are two of the best – performers in the entire world male or female in charlotte and alexa bliss and the reason i say male or female is because sometimes people think that i'm just talking about oh well yeah they're the best performers you know in the women's division no these are no, 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 the no. best in the entire world period so that's why i want to put the emphasis on male or female so I uh, so these two I think are gonna they're gonna end up I think they could end very well end up winning the crowd they could very well end up having a great match I just don't think in the long run it's going to do much for the gimmick I don't think in the long run it's going to do much to to really uh, dig them out of the creative hell that they're in but uh, I'm gonna go with Alexa on this one Alexa Alexa hey there um, all right I think Alexa's winning yeah yeah cool. Roman Reigns will, will be taking on. He will be defending his WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship against the Demon, the returning Demon, Finn Balor, in an Extreme Rules match. This, mar this match marks the first time in, I believe, three years to we have seen the Demon, Finn Balor, uh, in, in full makeup. We will see him and in all of his glory. What do you think about the return of the Demon in this capacity and the build-up to this match, Trevor? So the buildup to me is like really, I don't know. I don't know how else to feel about this match <laughs> because of the fact like, okay, so Brock Lesnar is back. Okay, so are they going to wrestle Brock Lesnar? No, no. He, they're starting a program with Finn Balor. So he beat Finn Balor. Does Finn Balor come back? I don't know. It, it's so fucking confusing. It's, and it started, <laughs> it started with like John Cena. Like, 
Finn steps up. You put Cena in the mix. Cena loses. You put Finn back in the mix. No, no, no. Wait. Brock's here. And then Finn jumps in. And now Finn is the fiend. Like, I mean, not the fiend. I'm sorry. The um, the, the demon. The demon. And, like, and you're like, okay. So you're wasting something that actually most people enjoy. Like, I enjoy watching the, the demon come out. I think this is a waste. I think this is a waste of the demon of the demon gimmick. I honestly did not no, nothing against either wrestler because I think they both are going to put on a hell of a match. I love Finn Balor, but honestly, I say Roman Reigns wins. I don't think they dropped the belt right now, and, and, yeah. and especially since Brock is in the mix, I don't think they dropped the belt to him right now. Yeah, I'm in fully agreement. I'm in full agreement with you. I think that they're going to end up. You don't bring the demon back like this. You don't. You don't do it. I. I think this was very. Th- this is one of those things where WWE just just wanted to give maybe a little shot in the arm and extend this feud a little bit, and then this is the the best way that they saw it fit. Which, yeah, it extends the feud, but what does it do for Balor afterwards? He he lost already. He took an L as Finn Balor. Now you're gonna have him take an L as the Fiend. And I oh. think that I think that is just that I that is see. just what. I confused you. You said the fiend, demon. Oh, sorry, the demon. Oh my god, you did confuse me. I, yeah, this see, this is why this is why I I am uh the the CEO of Real Take LLC. <laughs> anyway, but uh but 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 you have the you have this gimmick in the demon who who his whole thing is Finn Balor goes to this place when he knows he absolutely can't lose, and you're gonna have him return just to job to Roman Reigns. And again, they're gonna have a great match, whatever. But he's going to lose. But uh, it, but then there's the other thing. You and I are thinking about it logically. But in the world of WWE, wins don't matter. That's the way that no. they truly view things. They they view things in a very short term in uh, a bubble. So compounded with the fact that you know they think like that, compounded with the fact that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have a title match already set for Crown Jewel in uh, Saudi Arabia. I don't think that we can expect Finn Balor to win. There's a slight chance that if Brock Lesnar gets involved in this match, that this that that could lead to the demon winning. But then again, then you're then you're kind of undercutting the entire point of the demon because then the demon didn't win Finn Balor the title. Brock Lesnar did. Right. So, yeah, so, I guess, yeah, all that's being said, who do you got and why? Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns, because, again, logically, it just makes sense. Roman wins. Lol, acknowledge him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting way too many of the. I, I tweet anything about A or I, I like respond to tweets about AEW sometimes. And all all these WWE marks have to say is like acknowledge him like tribal chief like i'm just like dude you're you're turning roman heel again <laughs> again <laughs> like, stop it, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um anyway let's go to uh my main event for this pay-per-view i don't know if it will be roman's probably going on last but becky lynch will be defending her smackdown women's title against bianca belair becky lynch returned obviously at SummerSlam. she defeated bianca belair in an impromptu matchup for the smackdown women's title she squashed her absolutely squashed her and then the feud has proceeded to see Becky cut some heel promos. She's doing a good job, but it's just weird to see Becky Lynch as a heel. Um, and also we're seeing, we saw just this past week, Becky Lynch actually go to Bianca Belair's hometown and beat her up, which is what WWE does to everyone in their hometown, apparently. Um, yep. 
What do you think about Becky Lynch in this role and the buildup of this match, Trevor? Um, I don't know. It, like you said, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to see Becky in this role, even though, like, originally Becky was supposed to – originally when she, Becky turned into the man, it was supposed to be a heel turn. But everyone loved Becky so much and loved the idea of Becky being ruthless – it turned her more into a tweener than just a straight heel or just a straight face. And I thought it was great, but now it seems like she's going to straight heel at this point and which is cool, but it just looks weird. It, it, it doesn't, it not, it's not that it doesn't fit her and it's not that she can't pull it off. It's just something that I guess is still relatively new. It's the paint is still drying on it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's not something that is, still registering but i think she's doing a good job with it it's just odd um the build-up for it was interesting um and i mean it's pretty good build-up it's it's gonna be a pretty solid match both both women can wrestle and then and they're two of the two of the best performers in wwe honestly so i think it's gonna be very entertaining um if i'm a betting man i still say becky wins though yeah the reason being off something you said a couple months ago, I think it helps build Bianca Belair. It makes her a little more ruthless, makes her a little more cunning, gives her, takes off that, like that pure face that she has and maybe build her into something else. And I, I believe she will have the belt again, though. Yeah, she has to. The, the, the best part about a baby face is the chase um, for the title. Uh, but Becky Lynch is going to win this match, and it is going to be... I, I, I hope it's a better match than they had at SummerSlam. I hope it's a longer match than they had at SummerSlam, because otherwise you're kind of burying Bianca at this point. And I would argue that Bianca could use this win at this point, but again, they've just done a terrible job of, of trying to build her up after that that shocking loss at SummerSlam. It, it, I don't know. It just... It, I, I'm thinking too logically here. Becky wins. They're they're building up for a match, I'm sure, between her and Bianca at at, at Royal Rumble or, or or somewhere down the line. And I think at that point you're going to see her win. Um, but yeah, I think this is a slam dunk. Yeah, for, I, yeah. But I honestly don't think it's too logical. I think it's just too logical in the world of WWE. But but your your thought process is makes perfect sense. Stanford, Connecticut, where logic goes to die. Um, <laughs> let's, Agreed. uh, yeah, let's take it to the chat real quick. Cause we have a bunch of, uh, chats here. Uh, thank you guys for, uh, hitting us up. Keep hitting us up in the chat, by the way, as the show goes on. Ryan Woodward says, hi, bro. Should Jeff Hardy leave WWE soon uh, and join AEW? And will The Rock join AEW next year? Well, I can totally tell you The Rock's not joining AEW. Rock might join no. WWE next year, yeah, but he's not yeah, joining AEW. Yeah. But it yeah, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Jeff Hardy potentially going to AEW, Trevor? Oh, uh, that, that's interesting. I've actually been um, thinking about that recently because the what Jeff, what uh, Matt's doing over there, and let's just be honest, Jeff's treatment here isn't the greatest. Um, so, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to see see them go at the uh, the AEW tag titles. It'd be fun to watch, Michael. <laughs> the, the Tuesday night delight. Um, <laughs> all right, um, we got some more. We got some more chats from Ryan. By the way, Ryan says, um, "WWE already spoiled Extreme Rules. Roman will beat Finn. Yeah, they already did that with Brock Lesnar's return. Yeah. He also says Brock will get involved with the match and cause uh, Finn the match. May 
maybe, maybe. If he really wants a title, that, that's a possible thing. Uh, Brock yeah. co- costing Finn the match. Uh, to, to keep that title, uh, to keep that match at, at Saudi Arabia a title match. Uh, but hi, bro. Uh, what, uh, what NFL team should I pick for week three? Because I am three losses and out. Well, if you want to know what NFL team to pick, you should watch my Sunday morning show, Real Take Football Talk, where I talk about every single game on Sunday, tell you exactly who to pick, who to win. I was 12-4 and four last week on all my picks, which is amazing. So I kind of know what I'm talking about here. I really do. Not, <laughs> but... not, not to uh, deviate from what we're talking about. It's funny you mentioned that. Did you hear about the guy on ESPN with the, that had the 16-game parlay for 25 bucks? And every, and every he had team- everything? Every team he picked won except for one. It was uh, it was the Detroit Lions game. Oh, I had Detroit too in that game. So so yeah, I he had, he had same logic. Dude, if, yeah, if he would have won, if Detroit would have won, he would have had seven. What was it seven hundred and seventy and thirty seven thousand dollars? I need to start gambling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't. Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, but yeah, real take football talk every Sunday morning right here on the channel. Ryan, I will tell you exactly who to pick and why. Um, Becky's having. Uh, I'm not going to read that one. We don't talk about that kind of stuff here. Do you think that Bliss will win the belt and turn heel on the doll? We can only hope. We can only hope that she turns heel on the doll. She will turn. No, she will turn face on that doll. What do you mean? She will turn face on that doll. That is, she will be the super over baby face because of that. Uh, Kerwin Abreu is in here. Uh, he says, "You believe Dave Meltzer said uh, 1,500 fans left the arena during Charlotte Bliss, uh, Charlotte Flair, and Alexa's match on Raw." Yeah. So that was a thing. Apparently, like there were a thousand people who left. Uh, we- We'll talk about this, actually, later on in the show, uh, just to hit on it very quickly. It's not just Melter. There are other people who are reporting this. Uh, and, and, and while I'm, not, I'm skeptical about the 1,500 number, I think it's difficult to truly say, like, the exact number. But if, if, a, if a shit ton of people walked out and, and, and people saw it, I think a shit ton of people walked out, but... We'll we'll see we'll see what happens and uh, finally Kerwin asks your thoughts about WWE changing Keith Lee's name to Keith Bearcat Lee. Oh, I'm gonna let you take this one, Trevor. Keith Bearcat Lee. Yeah, you didn't get this uh, on Raw. They they redebuted him as uh, Keith Bearcat Lee. Jesus freaking Christmas. Uh, <laughs> what the? You know what? I'm not even. Fuck you, Vince. That's, that's all I'm fucking saying. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, and um, I don't know if you're watching uh, NXT. I'm not. I'm know, not. But I'm gonna watch it later. Some bullshit just happened. So I'm sure. I'm. I don't. Don't. Don't spoil <laughs> it for me. Or do. Who cares? Um, but you know what you should do. Hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Guys, we got daily videos about wrestling and many other things. So please keep up with that. Follow us on Twitter at Real Take Sports as well. Let's move on, Trevor, and talk about – let's stick with WWE and talk about the brand split. We got some news this week about the brand split, and it is looking like WWE is wanting to kind of undercut it a little bit. Let's talk about it. So the the WWE rosters have obviously been split up since 2016. They had a uh, a big brand extension then. They had another one in 2019. After that one kind of fell through. And 
WWE's next draft and the subsequent shakeup of the rosters is scheduled to be Friday, October 1st on SmackDown. And it looks like the on the September 20th edition after the September after the September 20th edition of Raw. WWE is looking to incorporate some sort of a wildcat rule. Uh, this is according to, I believe, Russell Votes and Fightful and other sources. The reports indicate that if Roman Reigns' is advertisement on the red brand leads to bigger ratings than normal for Raw, which it kind of did, then you could see more SmackDown talent showing up on Raw and vice versa. They could have some of the big stars on Raw and kind of have a kind of a wild card rule for likely the champions and people like uh, Brock Lesnar and the like. You know, really big stars. So the rule would uh, largely was largely. The Wildcat rule originally in 2019, I believe it was, was very negatively received by audiences, and it was later scrapped after the second brand extension. But Trevor, is this a smart idea for WWE having people show up on both brands? What does it show about their mentality towards the brand split right now? They realize that Raw is not doing so well. Uh, it that, this is just me, my perception of it. They realize that Raw isn't doing so well, so. Bringing other stars on Raw to boost the, the pretty much the uh, the ratings and boost the uh, the audience would would help. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it, at this point, anything I think would would be positively received toward the uh, the red brand. You know, anything you try to do, like at least your fans know that you're trying to do something that you actually give a shit about this this pretty much this flagship show. But at the moment, no one believes you do, so no one else does. But um, I think I think it's it'd be positive. I think uh, to have that brand split and the wildcat rule, to, even just to try it and see how it works, I think would be worth you know worth their while. It's called the Bearcat Rule in honor of Keith Lee. Uh, but yeah, no, um, no. In all seriousness, I I don't I don't like it. I didn't like the wildcat rule when they incorporated it. The whole point of the brand split is to make it special when someone else shows up on the brand. If you're not going to have the brand split, don't have it. Have have, treat Raw and SmackDown like your two main shows. Build all of your storylines using both shows and just don't have a brand split. But if you already have the brand extension – and look, USA and Fox are very deeply invested into the brand extension because Fox likes the fact that they can say Roman Reigns is exclusive to to SmackDown because they can build up that Roman Reigns is their guy, their wrestling guy. Vice versa, USA likes to do that with people like Lashley or or, or Big E or whoever is a champion right now, right? So that's what the two networks really like. And I think at the end of the day, you're not going to see this incorporated on a larger scale. And if you do... I'm not I'm going to be very skeptical about it because I think the fans are just going to the fans might actually start to tune out because if they're like, well, you know, we're getting all the action on or most of the action on Raw or or whatever, or it's going to be a recap. There's no reason to watch it. So I don't get I don't like this. I I think it it sets a bad precedent. It me and, and it shows us what we already know. That WWE doesn't really care about the brand extension. They don't really care about brand exclusivity because, and they don't want to keep it special because the one time that these brands are actually supposed to meet are is like Survivor Series. That is when you got the Survivor Series is now basically bragging rights. You got SmackDown versus Raw every single year, and then if you're gonna just have multiple if multiple people showing up on each show every single time, it's gonna make that 
less special. It's going to make things like the Royal Rumble less special. And it's it's just kind of, again, it's just not going to be logical because you're not following your own rules. WWE is, is an entire company that they, they put very little rules, they very, very uh, small amount of written rules into their wrestling and into their show. But the, very, the, the few ones they have, like the brand split, they always seem to undercut and they always seem to undermine. It just doesn't make sense to me because then why is your audience there? Your audience is told that, well, why should I care when you, everything you do is just week to week and dependent on how you feel in the moment? It's it, it just it's not logical. Don't do it, WWE. The networks won't like it. It just it makes very little sense that you want to have better ratings for Raw. Here's an idea. Write better. That's too easy. Because <laughs> if that's because if that's the case, they would have been done it already. But I mean, like, it's too easy. You know, they want to do things the hard way, and that, that's why I said what I said. But I mean, honestly, it's dumb. Like, if you want to show better, like you say, treat it better, work on it better, like get better writing, get better, get better talent. I mean, give talent a chance. You know, but they don't do that. And don't no. name characters the fucking Bearcat. <laughs> it's like next week we're going to have Damien. Fucking, fucking, uh, uh, d- big dog. No, that's already taken <laughs> shit. <laughs> Wild Roman, or some Roman shit. big dog reigns. Wow. Look how he's a big dog. He's a, who's a good dog. Roman. Is he at least like this? Is, is he at least wearing like high school or college gear when he comes out? It you you'll have to see it, Trevor. I promise you, you won't you won't be disappointed. It, it, I'm sure I will be. <laughs> he's a bear cat, all right. Yeah, you, that name's never gone bad for anyone. All right, you remember Wildcat Chris Harris in TNA? <laughs> Are you really gonna talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we're yeah. not going to talk about it. We'll talk about something that's going on in the chat right now. Ryan Woodridge asks, do you think or do you want to see Triple H join AEW next year? That would be interesting for sure. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would totally uh, be interesting. Um, interesting. I mean, but what? I, I wonder what could He's never, le- he's yeah, never leaving. He's not, but... He's I married mean, to he Vince's did. daughter. He's never leaving. Yeah, oh, no, he's not. But I'm just saying if he did, like... What capacity would he be? Probably be like someone backstage. He wouldn't be an active. What would he be? What would he even take? Because Triple H is the guy. You need to give him control. Tony Khan's not exactly. going to give up control. Oh no, he'd be an, he'd be, just be like an EVP, like part of the booking committee. But I don't think he, he would never do that. He's he's got it too good in WWE. He's literally Vince still loves him. I, it's not happening. Exactly. No. Brian so. asks me another uh, sports question: Is Seth Curry going to get traded to the Lakers? Do you think that would be a good fit? No, it's no. He wouldn't get traded because he's not leaving Golden State, and no. I don't even think that would be a good fit. They already have Russell Westbrook, so why would you do it? Exactly. No. Um, no point. Yeah. So <laughs> the Lakers already have a point guard, sir. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, uh, even though I don't think Russell Husky, Russell was back to him. Husky time. Harris should have joined the Nexus, and he did. <laughs> he should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the Nexus, you know what show they, they originally started on? NXT. My oh my, how far we've come and then come all the way back home. NXT's coming home. Back to what it originally was. Just, just trash TV. Um, but... 
But hey, Vince wants to make it the good type of trash TV, the, the entertaining kind of trash TV. Let's talk about it, Trevor. According to a report from Fightful Select, NXT's large or NXT's target audience could be set to change with discussions backstage br bringing up the idea of making it an edgier product. These ideas have come directly from Vince McMahon, who reportedly has taken a bigger role within the NXT revamp, in, including the NXT 2.0 demographic. He wants to target people between the ages of 18 and 35 and have a more aggressive, harsher language on his show. It's interesting. Um, the, qu the quote from the report is, has uh, quote, keep up with current affairs with promos and character verbiage. <laughs> Keep up with the kids, pal, um, was another big note from this. Um, and while these changes have not been confirmed uh, to be going ahead, one talent noted that Fightful, that they hadn't been made aware of them. So this could be something that has just been brought up in a meeting backstage. But what do you think of the idea of NXT presenting an edgier product, something more aggressive, more in tune with the 18 to 34 demographic? And why would WWE go down this road? Hmm. I mean, well, I mean, wrestling, especially WWE's best era was the Attitude Era. And that was one of the most edgier eras of wrestling, right? So, I mean, I guess if you use that same, that same thought process, maybe it will help NXT. But again, it goes back to this old adage, why, why fix something that wasn't broken? But that's not what we're talking about. But, um... I mean, maybe they think that will, you know, change NXT for the better. Maybe give it a a 2.0 attitude error esque remake. Maybe I don't know. I mean, but again, it's, it's just stupid. But but I mean, I, I guess they feel that uh, NXT is too what's the uh, sunshines and rainbows at this point, which I don't understand. Have you seen why. the Have you seen the logo? Of course, it's sunshine, sunshine to the rainbows. Look at it, dude. They just did a fucking wedding where a guy threatened everyone with a goddamn hatchet. <laughs> the lead thing in her vows was about him being a stalker. Like, if that's not edgy, I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> you know what they did? You know what they did? I just realized this, and now I hate the whole storyline. All they did was copy the entire plot of You Season 2. That's literally all they did. Oh, this creep. He's stalking a girl. Oh, it turns out the girl was a stalker, too, and a creep. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen you. Check it out. It's a really good show. But um, much better than this. Much better than this show, by the way. NXT 2.0 fucking sucks. They better start cursing on there. I want to hear fuck. I want to hear shit. I want to hear uh, uh, cock. I want to hear all of the terms. I want to hear all all of the stuff you, you you don't hear on WWE TV, make that your attitude show. Make it NXT attitude. Oh, exactly. Vince would totally market the shit out of that. Make it you NXT attitude. Bring back The Rock. Bring back Stone Cold. Have everyone just make it the attitude era because that's what they want to do anyway. Legends that's Night much, on NXT. No, that's a joke. But no, I, I mean, look, in all seriousness, um, Having an edgy product is definitely the route to go. And you know what you should probably have to go along with that? A product that shows good wrestling because then you're way more likely to get the 18 and 34 demo. Because if you're not going to have, you know, the best wrestlers wrestle on a show and you're going to try to present it as an edgier product, will it help the talent? Possibly because they might have a little more creative leeway. But at the end of the day, it's all coming from Vince. At the end of the day, it's all being written for them. So it's not going to be that much, that much more creative. I think that it is just, it's, 
It's a good idea in theory. It is not a good idea. It's not going to be good in execution because we know WWE historically over the past uh, two decades has not been good at executing these type of ideas uh, in the long term. I think we're going to get go back to the cookie cutter version of NXT. I am still of the belief that NXT is going to be what ECW was in 2010, uh, right as they closed their doors, uh, uh, at, uh, you know, with the WWE ECW brand. Uh, it, it just, I just, they're going to try it for a few weeks. It's not going to work because it's not going to be long-lasting. It's not going to help out with stories. It's not going to help out with good wrestling. Yeah. One out of ten. Bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, it's... Yeah, it's not going to work. I mean, you want to do something edgier, have edgier wrestling, wrestlers with great, you know, with great uh, talent, have good wrestling matches. Because I'm going to be honest with you, NXT has had some great ma- wrestling matches. Last week, I didn't see not one of, one sign of that. It was, the, 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 the Fatal 4-Way was, was, was pretty good. It was okay. Compared to what it could have been and what it has been in the past, I thought the ending was too just like, put it together, get it. It was it was too just straightforward. But and who and again, I still don't know who that blue blue pants wearing jabroni was. But um, other than that, it was it wasn't a bad match. But if you no, if I, you guys I, know who that blue pants wearing jabroni was in the NXT World Title match last week, please let us know. I mean, I actually know who he is, but still, I don't know why he was there. No, I don't care enough to actually look it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he was training. Like, I don't. Yeah. But if you're, but oh, apparently wasn't wasn't was he a uh, uh, Bull Buchanan's son? Was he Bull Junior? No, he's um one of the uh, Beverly brothers. Uh, so. oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong person. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> this is why this is why my the show is on a Tuesday night. So so I have an excuse not to watch NXT. Anyway, <laughs> but, anyway, let's keep it going, Trevor. Um, let's oh let's go to the chat real quick. Rahul Raul in the chat says, "Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hi." Glad we had this conversation, Rose. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, be sure to hit that like button. Help out the algorithm. Help more people see this. Uh, subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit that follow button. And please leave us a five-star review because we love it. Uh, we got a lot more to get to. We're going to be talking about AEW, a lot of the AEW news, ticket sales for them, Grand Slam, and... At the end, we're going to be talking about Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting conversation, but a but a much needed conversation that that is uh, we should, probably should have had sooner. But I'm I'm but we're we're going to do that and get to all that. So please subscribe, guys. Trevor AEW Grand Slam. Are you yeah, are, on a scale of one to ten? How excited for this pay per view are you? Or this uh, pay per view? This show, this, this, this TV show, show this TV show. How excited are you? About a ten, man. This is gonna be, dude. It's it's a fun week. It's gonna be a fun week of wrestling. We a great week of wrestling. I can't wait to see it. Yep. AEW Grand Slam, AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, rather will be held on Wednesday, September 22nd, live from Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is now sold 
just under 19,000 seats as of this recording. They've opened it up to 20,000 right now. So it's looking like they're going to have a packed house and they are ready to roll. The The card for the event is a, is a pay-per-view level card. It's it is really something else when you when we look at it. You got Brian Billman Jr. versus MJF, Malachi Black taking on Cody Rhodes, Sting and Darby Allen teaming up to fight FTR, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson in a non-title match, a a dream match that people have wanted to see for years, and what I believe is going to end up being the main event. The Good Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, defending her AEW World Title against. Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. What a card. Trevor, just just what do you think about this card? What do you think about this show in general? Like, this has got to be one of the biggest TV events in wrestling in a very long time. Oh, it, it undoubtedly is. It might be the biggest rest, uh, TV wrestling event in, like, as, as Don Cow says, in the last 2,000 years. It's It's... It's big. It's huge. Um, the, I mean, j- just think about it. No, no wrestling program has ever been wrestling. Anything has been also asked. No one has been bold, bold enough, ballsy enough to hold an event there in like wrestling. Uh, this, I mean, this, this is big, man. It's big for wrestling history. It's big for the sport of wrestling right now. It's, it's, it's important. It's fun. This card is it shows it shows how how much fun and how important it's gonna be. Like, dude, like this, this like you said, this is pay per view caliber matches. Like even the Brian Pillman uh, Jr. MJF that. Well, I mean, that was a pay-per-view level match for MLW in 2019. They had an event where Brian Pillman Jr. took on MJF back in the yeah, day. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. And so, so like, like these two have chemistry. They have history. That's why I think you saw the severity of those promos being as bad as as big as they are. We'll get to that in just a second. But I really want to just talk about the the masterful job that AEW has done in building this as a big time event. They had All Out, which people are claiming that that was one of, if not the best pay per view of all time. Which I think it's definitely up there. But yeah. they're they're but they're. They're, the sequel to that, the the response to that uh, for AEW is to right afterwards have the biggest, what, what might be the biggest TV event in wrestling history and the biggest card they probably put together. This right here, Omega versus Danielson, we'll get to it in a second. It's a huge match. It's a match people want to see for a decade. And it is happening on free TV, non-title, so literally Either one could win, and and CM Punk's gonna be there. They're gonna have obviously Jr. on commentary. This is something Sting is wrestling. What a time to be alive, man! Yeah, man. Well, this is third match of the year, right? Yep, yep. This is third ma- official match of the year, I believe, uh, or fourth if you count the the t- the cinematic match you had at uh, Revolution. But right, right, right. Let's talk about the, the 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 card very quickly. So let's start off with Malachi Black, who will be taking on Cody Rhodes, the returning Cody Rhodes. We saw Malachi Black try to end Cody Rhodes's career after he he hit him with the crutch at AEW Homecoming, and then. Cody was out for a while. Malachi has been taking out Cody Rhodes' entire nightmare family. He and then finally Rhodes returned. He and and he got a little help from uh, Rosario Dawson. Big shout out to Rosario Dawson <laughs> for the assist on Malachi Black and and 
They look all gung-ho. They look all ready to go. Malachi versus Cody. What do you think about the build of this match? I love it. I love the build of this match. The funny thing is, to me, this the, the second match was built from when Malachi Black walked into in AEW. And a lot of people wouldn't understand what I mean, but like I the the first match was a given, right? The second match was built. When he ran through on Anderson, I just knew he was gonna beat Cody. And like the, the second match was already built in my mind. So it's already great build for it, great storyline. Both wrestlers have amazing chemistry in the ring. Um I, I love how Malachi uh, wrestles. I've always have. So it's going to be fun. Very entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've done a very good job of building this up. It kind of reminds me in a way of the Brody Lee uh, Cody uh, feud from last year because yeah. it had similar yeah. elements. Obviously, Cody had to go film the Go Big Show at the same time as well. But I think you you could they could be they, they could be in a spot to actually kind of finish that feud in a in a weird way right. in a more indirect way kind of carry like what that story should have been or could have been where we might get to see little tidbits of that as as this feud continues. But I mean, this is a perfect time for Cody to come back and and reclaim his uh, his throne as 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 we like to say as he likes to say. Uh, yeah. But but uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun. I. I'm going to go with a wild card here. I think Malachi Black, even though he's the heel, even though this is Cody's big return and everyone's expecting him to go over because that's what Cody does. Cody wins lol. I'm joking. We love you, Cody. But but everyone's expecting that to happen. I think Malachi Black wins and he could use some, the same thing, some devious tactics to do so. But But I think he ends up winning this match and... It could end, and I, I think you build it up to another match between these two at full gear, and yeah. and have it be a lights out match that Cody uh, ends right. up winning like that. That that's what I would want to see because this is a main event level match, and I think it, it you know, it could be there. Uh, but, but that's just an idea. But what do you think about this? Who wins I, and why? It's, it's funny that you say that. I honestly believe that Malachi back wins too, only because. I mean, let's not say the obvious reasons to get him over. Because I mean, fuck, he was over when he walked through the through the door. He's already over. But like to build Malachi as this malicious, this this malicious heel, I think you I, I think you let you let him win. You let him win, and then it help, also helps build Cody, which Cody doesn't really need any more building. Cody's completely over as well. But it builds. You gotta Cody. get Cody over, but brother, you gotta get Cody. Go, Cody, <laughs> Cody, you gotta protect your spot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it builds Cody to this supreme badass that we know he actually is. Into, and like you say, another match of, of full gear that can be some type of hardcore match or you know lights out match. So yeah, I think Malachi wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and look, I'm very much excited for this card. And and sorry, you guys in the chat. IBB in the chat says these next 24 hours are going to feel like a week. Grand Slam is going to be amazing. He also says first dance, all out, Grand Slam. They keep knocking it out of the park in the most important factor, making their big shows actually feel big. This is so true. This is such so a, true, man. I could have said it any better. <laughs> and this week will in this week we're only six we'll only ah, we're only six weeks away from full gear. That that's the other amazing thing. We're we've had three of the biggest show we're or the, after Grand Slam. We'll have probably three of the biggest shows in wrestling this entire century. And we're gonna be following that with full gear, which we we might see Adam Page win his uh, first uh, world title? I would love it. I would love to see that. 
<laughs> big, cow- big cowboy shit's happening. Anyway, moving on to our next match on the card. MJF taking on Brian Pillman. This has been a very, very hot feud between these two. MJF cutting scathing promos on <laughs> on every on Brian Pillman's entire family, calling his calling his mother Methany. Looking down yeah. as he uh, to hell as he's uh, talking about Brian Pillman's father, Brian Pillman Sr., the great late Brian Pillman Sr. It's called it, literally cut a promo on Dynamite on Brian Pillman Jr.'s pregnant sin- sister and sent her into labor that night. Yes, MJF is is the greatest heel to ever walk God's green earth. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> What do you think about the build to this match and and Brian Pillman Jr. and his role in this? So, you mentioned earlier about their uh, matches before, so they're used to each other, and 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 you, and you like to see stuff like this, even though sometimes it's kind of hard to listen to because you're like, oh my god, like did he really say that? Like, but you like to see stuff like this because they know each other, they know they know how far they can push and what they can do. With with that being said, I even as a, as a little child have never been guilty of just being like a fan of the hero. I've always liked the villain. I've always been like villains uh, most of my life. And MJF is quite possibly one, it, the greatest hill, if not uh, one of the greatest hills, if not the greatest hills I've ever seen. And I love his promos. I love his promos. I love the chemistry him and um, Brian Pillman Jr. have, I think, oh, it, it's amazing. Like, like I, if I was if I was Brian Pillman, like knowing that they know each other, know their friends or whatever, I don't know if I could keep a straight face while he's saying all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, it would be very hard for me. <laughs> but no, it it's a great. I think it's a great build up. I think it's I think it's gonna be. An amazing match. Both wrestlers can go. I, I actually, it's one. It's one of the matches that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Honestly, this has been one of the the most like the, this has been one of the hottest things on Dynamite. Just MJF cutting promos and Brian Pillman. He's Brian Pillman is like a, a natural. Like you know, he's got that baby face fire. Uh, yeah. his, his promos. He's going to get better. I'm glad they're giving him a little bit of a spot here. To yeah, try to get yeah. better with his promos, like because they're, they're not terrible. Look, but and they're, also, they're... also understand he's going up against MJF. If anyone expects Brian Pillman to, to right off the bat cut a, a good as promo as MJF right now, oh yeah, no. it's like asking me right now, hey yo, so I need you to go, uh, go like you know. <laughs> outdraw uh, uh Howard Stern in, in on your on your podcast. That's not gonna happen or outdraw Joe Rogan on your podcast. Right. No, I'm not gonna out podcast Joe Rogan right now. Uh but but you know so I think putting him in this good this spot is good because it kind of cements him as as you know a, a player in AEW and he's someone who the fans want to get behind. He's someone who who can work very well in the ring, very underrated worker in the ring and Someone who I think gets it, and once he puts it all together, I think he's going to be money. This guy's going to be real money in the in the near future, and he could be he could be a future champion. Uh, I I think that moment with Brian Pillman winning the TNT title or the AEW whatever it may be, I think that's 
going to be a big moment, and a lot of fans are going to genuinely like it because it's not just because of of you know the connection that he has with his father or that we have with his father, right? As fans, that plays a part into it. The the other thing is we we've seen his story now after the Dark Side of the Ring, and it's been told for the past twenty years. We know Brian Pillman Jr.'s story, what he had to go through as a kid, and we empathize with that, and, and we sympathize with him, and and that's really made him into a very sympathetic figure. Uh, but but I I I like I love what they're doing here. You know I I think there are times where they, for my taste, they went too far. But a it's subjective. It is what it is. Uh, I don't I don't think it was. If they both agreed to it, I think that's fine. But what do you think about this match? Who wins and why? Like like you said, I think um, Brian Brian Pillman has has shown how how great of a worker he is, how hard he wrestles, and he just gets better. You know what I mean? And and Again, like with the whole promo thing, like, yeah, he he's not going to be the greatest promo guy against MJF. Come on, MJF might, might possibly be one of the great – does one of the greatest promos in AEW. He's great. He's amazing on the mic. But, um, yeah, I, I love his in-ring, uh, in-ring ability. I love both of those guys together. Honestly, if it's me, and it's going to sound funny, I th- – I mean, you could go two ways with this, honestly. I think you can, you know, give give the match to uh, Brian Pillman Jr. I mean, let him see on top since he is the face, you know, so, and he is still coming up. But honestly, I, st- I still think he, he'll, even in a loss, he'll still get the pop from the fans and still get the, the you know, the notoriety that he, he's looking for. So honestly, you can go either way. But I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with MJF winning, actually. This is such a big match for Brian Pillman Jr. to because he's never had this this big stage in a one-on-one match to really showcase his ability and and this is going to be it's going to be a big it's a big thing for him. So I am looking to see big things out of him, I'm looking to see him and what he can do. I'm going to go with Brian Pillman Jr. as my official pick for this. And I think it's it's not only to to have the good guy win and 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 because I think AEW does a good job of giving the fans what they want. Right. I think they can do this where it actually helps build up MJF into something else and something bigger. I think right. what you do is you have Wardlow try to help MJF. Very similar to what he did at All Out in 2020 uh, against the again, in the John Moxley world, world title match. Have Wardlow try to interfere on MJF's behalf but indirectly cost him the match. And have Brian Pillman go over. He still gets the win. And MJF and and you build that MJF Wardlow thing that they've been they've been teasing more often than ever more, over more. the past few like years. More, more and more, they're teasing. Yeah, man. Yeah. So so I think that's that's definitely a a a route that is in play for AEW. They everything they do, everything that AEW does, it seems to matter. So I I would think that they would want to build this thing with him and Wardlow up a little more because. And they've done such a good job of doing it over the past two years. It is crazy uh, the the subtle hints they throw in. But I'm t- I'm picking Brian Pillman in a little bit of an upset here. I mean, like I said, I, I honestly believe in go either way. Yeah, absolutely, Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR, Cash Wheeler, and the other the other guy, <laughs> the other guy. The other uh, guy. What, what do you think about this match? Uh, Sting another, and Darby Allen versus FTR. Another great match. And we know AEW loves the tag teams. And and I I thir- am thoroughly behind because I love tag teams too. But um, this is going to be a great one. 
I again, I don't know really. I'll say I'll say Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, I'll say Sting and Darby Allen win this match, but I I honestly believe is the the build up for everything has been so good. Um, having Tully come out there and talk shit to Sting was awesome. Um, the, the the whole build up to the match has, has been good, fun and interesting to me. But uh, I, I'll say Sting and Darby. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Sting and Darby as well. Actually. I, I think FTR, they, they want to build them up into the world title picture or the taxi title That's picture. what I was thinking too, though. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Sting and Darby. I, I think Darby probably needs another win after that loss to Punk. And uh, you can't have Sting you can't have Sting lose. Die. Just make me happy. All baby faces <laughs> winning. I, I get, let's go. Let's go with this. I'm, I got the ba- I, I got the baby faces winning here. Next, the dream match. The match uh the match that only comes once every 10,000 years. Arguably two of the greatest wrestlers to ever strap up a pair of boots. Two of the greatest wrestlers to ever step foot in the ring. Two of the greatest wrestlers of the past 10,000 years, as Don Callis likes to remind us. Kenny, by God, Omega versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, is happening. And it is happening in an AEW ring. It is happening in front of 20,000 people in a packed Arthur Ashe Stadium. Trevor, what do you think of this match? And for anyone who might not know why this is such a big deal, why is this match such a big deal? Okay, so uh, they have only wrestled. Well, they've wrestled a few times, but one time that I know of in particular is RH. It was a three-way match. It was Tyler Black. You guys know him as Seth Rollins. Um, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Amazing match, by the way. But both wrestlers have gotten so much better since then. Both wrestlers are arguably two of the best wrestlers in, in, in the world. Like, you got Kenny Omega that has gone all over that promotion that we won't mention, all over the world, different different promotions, different countries. He has wrestled everywhere. Daniel Bryan, same way. The American Dragon has shown his ass in every country wrestling. Not like that. Um <laughs> Jesus, what? Shown his oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but He's damn good, and so is and so is Kenny Omega. And this is a match that wrestling fans have been wanting for a very, very long time. This this match quite possibly is could be today's like think of a big match back in the day. Also, oh, versus that. Oh versus, no, Savage Steamboat. Savage Steamboat is is the match I, I that was comes thinking, to mind. I was thinking that one too. Yeah, Savage Steamboat. Savage Ric Flair. Like I mean, I'm sorry, Ric Flair Steamboat. Like Sting and, and Ric Flair. Like this is that caliber of match. Absolutely, this is going. This is something that people in the wrestling community have wanted for a very long time. It, it is. It is a dream match of epic proportions. And I, I could, you could, I could make the argument here that this might be the biggest dream match ever. Uh, ignoring Stone Cold versus Hulk Hogan, which never happened. That probably would have been a big, bigger one, but yeah. in terms of in-ring performance, there's no bigger dream match. This is going to... And I know AEW, knowing these guys, they're going to go all out, pardon the pun on this match. I'm expecting a hard-hitting, pay-per-view level performance from both of these people. 
this match could go to a time limit draw, a 30-minute draw, and I would love it. Kenny Omega could beat him clean, and I would love it. Brian Danielson could win clean, and I would love it. There is no nothing you can do wrong other than not use these two to their full potential throughout the entire match. This is a and the fact that the title is not on the line is an amazing thing that AEW did because one, it builds up Brian as someone who doesn't just want the title; he wants to literally wrestle the best people on that roster. And also, it gives you the creative freedom to, if you wanted to put Brian over, you could put Brian over, no problem, because the title is not on the line. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so excited. This is going to be, I, 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 I love Daniel Bryan. I love Brian Danielson. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Kenny Omega, in my opinion, might be the the most spectacular worker in 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 wrestling history. These, this is, I can't put into words how, how excited I am for this match. But, Trevor, who do you think is going to win and why? This may be the toughest question you've ever asked me on this show. And I, it, it, to be honest, it really is. Because, like, so you have so many opportunities here, right? You can put over Brian, which Brian is pretty much already over, right? And Kenny is Kenny Omega. So, like, who wins? I mean, there there are so many different scenarios. Like you have Brian prove that he is superior. Like he, he beats Kenny clean in the ring. One, two, three. Then he has an argument for the belt. Or you have Kenny win, maybe not clean, maybe interference. And then oh, then Daniel also has a a, a a problem. Like oh, you didn't beat me clean. Like put the title on the line. You know. It's a bunch of things that they can do with this. I'm going to go for the obvious one. I'm going to go for the obvious one and say Daniel Bryan. But I don't think that's going to be that. I don't necessarily think that I'm right, but I'm going to say Daniel Bryan. You are the most indecisive person I have ever met. It is so totally Brian Daniels, and the American Dragon is going to kick Kenny Omega's Brian. fucking head in. And it is going <laughs> to be glorious. Danielson. Brian Danielson is going to win this match, reclaim the throne of the king of the indies, reclaim his throne as the king of wrestling. He is Brian, by God, Danielson, future world champion. Book it, brother. We, we definitely have to... Cut your lips off his ass. <laughs> Whoa, no. Whoa, no. Uh, but no. I know he's your favorite wrestler, and he, he's he's a damn good one, though. I, I I can still remember this first time I saw him live. Um, it was an indie match. It was in RH, but and it was versus uh, Roderick Strong. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. Um. Let's oh and IBB in the chat says if Hangman is ready to come back here, I would love him to return and confront Kenny after the match. Yes, yes, that'd be yes. great. That would be Huge great. Twenty thousand people chanting cowboy shit. That's my boy. I like. Book I like. I, I, I like Hangman. Hey Who doesn't? Who doesn't? He he. Uh, I'm not gonna get political here. I love. I actually. Uh, there's a reason I really love Hangman Adam Page. I, I think uh, told me this before. But. Where, yeah. Anyway, moving on. The what I think is going to be the main event because the right now the rumor is that the Omega Bryanson Brian Danielson match is going to 
kick off the show, and that's going to be with limited to no commercial interruptions to kick off the yes. show. So, so that's going to bring in the most amount of people. And then the uh, the idea is to have Britt Baker, DMD versus Ruby Soho end the show, which I think is a great idea because biggest show, one of the biggest TV shows in wrestling history, and you're going to have a women's match, a a, a women's title match. Uh, end the show. That's a great idea, and there's no two better. This is better. the first time they've done this, right? Well, Thunder Rosa and and uh, Burt Baker actually main evented back in back in like March, I believe. That's right, but, but it was but it wasn't a title match. Yet. No, it was not. But Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, AEW Women's World Title. Ruby Soho, of course, won the Casino Battle Royale to get this number one contender spot. Trevor, build up to this match. What do you ha- what what do you think about this match, and who wins? One of the most most underutilized wrestlers in WWE is Ruby Soho. They did not use her to her full potential. I mean, come come on, she had a faction named after her. <laughs> like she she's amazing. If you've ever seen any of her body of work, no matter where you've seen her, you know what I'm talking about. She is an amazing athlete, amazing wrestler. Mate, she's great on the mic. Of course, Brit, but we know you guys know how we feel about DMD here. We love Britt Baker here. Britt Baker's an amazing wrestler as well. And you talk about scathing promos. Sheesh. Woo. Ruby, <laughs> Ruby is like one of the first people to come in there and hold her own against DMD on those. She promos. really is. She really is. She's she's great on, on the mic. I, I like Thunder Rosa, but I don't think Thunder Rosa has the chops. The, the promo chops that uh, Ruby does. Now, and that's not saying anything bad about Thunder Rosa. I just think Ruby is a better is better at promos. Like the <laughs> the the whole thing about sleeping with someone in the back, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> and you saw Britt Baker try to choke back a smile. <laughs> yeah, it's like get your head out of Tony Khan's ass. That was that was a great line too. <laughs> but I mean, like, and that's what wrestling is about. That's what wrestling is always about. Two guy, two guys, two women, two two athletes. In the ring, having fun, and that and that's why pro wrestling has been at its peak so recently because people are having fun again. But with all that being said, I wish I could say Ruby Soho wins, but uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, Britt, the DMD is going to win this match, but Ruby Soho. This is going to be a showcase performance for both of them. It's going to be a showcase performance for Ruby Soho. We're going to get to see the the un, uncut, unhinged version of Ruby that we didn't get to see in WWE. A lot of people are excited to see what she can do in this one-on-one capacity. Her and Thunder Rosa had an amazing exchange in that at the end of that Casino Battle Royale match, yeah. and I'm of the opinion that this could be the match that steals the show. Because yeah. we already know, we're expecting great things out of Omega Brian. We're expecting, you know, uh, uh, big things out of the Malachi Black and Cody match. And we're expecting big things here. But this is a match that I think a lot of people might be sleeping on. And and I think these are two people, uh, especially Ruby, has a massive chip on her shoulder. She's looking to prove a lot of doubters in WWE and elsewhere wrong. And I think she's going to do it. I'm very much excited for this match. Baker is going to win, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, Ruby's going to have a showcase. They're going to show Ruby off. Ruby will be champion at some point. Mark my words. But oh, yes. she she is definitely going to show, show showcase her abilities. And everyone in, in, in ever doubted her is going to eat their words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
We'll get to your questions in the chat in just a second, guys. Before we do, though, please be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Let's move on. Oh, actually, wait. Chats. Uh, because we have a few from IBB. Uh, IBB says, MJF is one of those characters that doesn't necessarily need the title in the sense that he is now already at the point where he, where he himself is the base for stories. That is true. That's um, true. Very true. Yep, trust him to get a uh, face over. Absolutely, he does a great right. job of it. It, it. Look, look at the Brian Pillman thing. Brian, everyone and everyone and their mother are rooting for Brian Pillman in this because MJF is such a dick. That makes it great. Uh, thankful for fight. He's talking about fight TV. No ads. Uh, not missing a second of this match. I really want Kenny to win. I think it'll just give him such a huge accomplishment to beat Brian here. Uh, I think it'll be a draw. Want Kenny? Hey. I want I want this match to happen. I and it's going to happen in less than twenty four or twenty four hours away from Friday. So we're just getting like, <laughs> oh my god! Amazing match. He goes on to say, "I love uh, this Ruby Soho. Uh, I think what it really what really stands out is she is so genuine while still having that edge. Absolutely, uh, yeah. it, it's hard. It, it's hard to master both. Absolutely, I think she's done a great job of mastering still having that edge. I think her look also helps her out in that and." And she just feels real. That's the thing. She feels real. It feels like this is. I'm not watching just Ruby Soho. I'm watching um, um, the real uh, person behind the character as well. Yep. Uh, last thing ABB says here. The only thing I don't like about her is the finisher. I've always hated the particular uh, drop down pulling on the arm into a kick. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Yes. Um, whenever anyone does it, IDK. What do you both think of the move? It's 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 they're. There's probably better moves out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. look, it's better than the uh, Kizarni roll-up that he used to do. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Kizarni from uh, back in SmackDown 2011. Google that, kids. Uh, this dude, literally for his finishing move, it would be he would take the opponent in a, DD, in a double arm DDT position and just yeah. do a front roll with him. No impact. Yeah. No, no dropping. Was, nothing. No. And, then, and then cover him. Not roll him up. Cover him. One, two, like. It was such a weird finishing move, but yeah, I've seen some terrible ones. I mean, it's it's not bad. It could be something better, but it's not bad. Yeah, you know what's you know what's not bad. Let me guess. <laughs> Come on, you know it. I, I, I want to spill your pop. Go ahead. <laughs> Liking, subscribing. <laughs> Hitting that <laughs> notification bell so you get notified whenever new videos reach. I was just waiting for you to say I was. I was very adamant. We, we could have been sitting here for the next two hours, and I would have been. I know. I know. I, I, I figured that. I was like, you know, he wants me to say it. Oh saying. Jesus! <laughs> ABB is googling Kizarni. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it is. Kizarni is one of the one one of the greatest gimmicks ever to 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 like. It is amazing. I, I'm I'm a mark. He's in my boy's stable, by the way, for a Kizarni. Uh, anyway, let's get uh, another person who is in my forever Hall of Fame stable is the one and only, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation have entered into a relationship to, quote, honor Owen's legacy in uh, for the late, great Owen Hart. And part of this promotion, part of this collaboration will feature an Owen Hart cup tournament and this is going to be an annual tournament that's going to be launched by AEW and the winner will receive a cup a trophy that is going to be called the Owen which I think is amazing I love that uh 
uh, original Owen Hart merchandise will also be produced and distributed by AEW, including Owen Hart action figures. Uh, Owen Hart will be a part of an upcoming AEW console video game as a playable character. Oh, that is amazing. The Owen Hart Foundation will spearhead has been spearheaded by Owen Hart's widow, Dr. Martha Hart. The foundation has a mission of, quote, providing global aid to at-risk communities. AEW President Tony Khan said AEW's relationship with the Hart family dates back to the inaugural pay-per-view event, Double or Nothing 2019. And Owen's influence is still felt today to the extent his memory and his legacy even further through this agreement, further through this agreement is a powerful and meaningful moment to the entire wrestling community. Absolutely it is. Trevor, Owen Hart, it, his legacy is back in wrestling and, and it's in AEW. We'll, we'll talk about the AEW thing in just a second, but how good is it? You're a huge Owen Hart fan. How good is it to have Owen's name return to the world of professional wrestling? I gotta be honest, and I, I know it sounds a little cliche, but it not many things in wrestling tug at the heartstrings, but this kind of did. Um, it was, I, as you said, I'm a huge Owen Hart fan. I grew up watching Owen. I grew up liking Owen. Owen was my favorite heart. Bret Hart was shown more on TV, but Owen was always my favorite. I was that kid that had that argument for like a, a, two hours with the kids in the school are like, who's better? Owen, hands down. Like, that was me. And like, just to see him, just to see his legacy live on and to see and, and, and see Martha Hart, like, get a little bit of justice, you know what I mean? That, that she feels that she deserves is amazing. And best believe I will be getting Owen Hart action figures and I will be showing it on the channel. <laughs> I will be getting t-shirts. You will see it. Like I I'm, I'm excited. I think this is a great thing, a great thing for um, the heart, uh, the Owen foundation, a great thing from, from Martha and her children. I I'm happy. It, it is truly like, it's one of those moments where you're just, yeah, you're happy. You're just so happy to hear about it. And, and, Think about what this means. Like, this is just well, not only are we gonna get you know an Owen Hart Cup, which which is amazing. It's a great way to honor his professional wrestling legacy. We're we're going to get a a, a an Owen Hart uh, in a video game, like yep. for the first time ever, basically. You know, well, and yeah. yeah, well, the first time, first time where video games are actually amazing. Like, come on, first time like in the 20th this. century, we're gonna get this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, the only but, other one he was on was Raw as War, and it was terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. But uh, in a good video game, hopefully. Uh, but and I'll also compound that with the fact that Martha Hart gets to carry on his legacy even more by having AEW promote the Owen Hart Foundation and having, I'm assuming, proceeds of this are going to go definitely to the Owen Hart Foundation. And Tony Khan, I know he has a great relationship with various charities, and, and he genuinely does a lot of this stuff from the goodness of his heart. And and I think that's the that's the key to it. Martha Hart definitely trusts that that this is an organization that will not only get the message of the Owen Hart Foundation out, not only honor Owen Hart's legacy, but also honor what his legacy is today. Because Owen Hart's legacy today isn't just of one as, of what the greatest wrestlers ever. His legacy today is the work that his widow and his kids do with his foundation yep. by by helping um, at risk communities by by feeding the poor and and all the good things that they do. The, so it, it goes it's bigger than wrestling which i think a lot of people lose sight of and we'll we'll talk about some of those people in just a minute but 
it is this is this is one of those things that should be just something that brings everyone together that everyone can be happy about and and you know and Martha even talked about it I I you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing something in her statement, but she even she she has always said that she understands why the fans are frustrated by the fact that you know that Owen isn't in professional wrestling or his legacy isn't in professional wrestling. But we as fans also need to remember that he he was never going to be in a WWE setting. He was never going. He never should be honored, quote unquote, in the WWE setting again after no. what happened. And nope. if you don't believe me, go watch that Dark Side of the Ring. And Trevor, there are apparently some people who don't believe me because no, there are a lot of people that don't believe you. There are a lot of people online who are legitimately angry because he's being honored in. AEW instead of WWE, and they they're saying terrible things about Martha Hart. They and and it's just it is it, it's very classless and it, it's the worst. It's honestly one of the worst parts of of pro, the pro wrestling fan base. I was um I was on a a link today where reading this and also seeing a lot of the comments and like I I mean of course I can believe it. I, I've I've been online. I've been a fan of wrestling. I, there are people that just want to see the world burn, honestly. And, and great things like this are nothing compared to in their in their heads. But like one person saying, "Oh, his legacy should be in WWE." You're just selling out. That's not selling out. That his legacy should never be in WWE. And Martha Hart, Hart should always be in charge of of her her husband late husband's uh, uh, legacy because well we won't get into that but she she and her children should definitely be in charge of, wh- of where his legacy goes and what and what happens to his legacy and regardless of what anyone says and I'm not going to say it again Owen Hart should never be in the Hart Hall of Fame and the reason he is not in the Hall of Fame has nothing to do with money has nothing to do with Martha Hart being a horrible person or anything like that it has something to be to do the fact that Owen Hart was an amazing human being. It was not cherished the way he should have been cherished. He was only cherished for money. And the reason they want him in the WWE Hall of Fame is bullshit and bogus. And they want it. They, they want it. They want to sell merch. They want to do what they. Exactly. They, they, That's they, it. They, it's all about money. It, yeah. It's, it's bogus. It's bullshit. And like the reason he's not in there is a great reason. And you need to leave the Hart family alone and honor the fact that. Martha is doing a great thing by her husband. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, I can't wait for the cup. I can't wait for the merchandise. It's going to be great. It, it is just oh, going to be awesome. This will be, be so awesome. Yeah. Have, have you seen some of the, the, the specs for the, um, for the uh, action figure? Uh, not the action figure, but I've seen some of the merch. Look, for the action figure, they actually have like over, I think it's like what, 15 different hands. For him to like, for you to change, interchange different hands and stuff. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's really articulated. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Um, and you know, related to this, IBB in the chat uh, says, "Always watch the documentaries and vids about Owen, but never watched a full match of his until last night. That Mania match versus Brett was absolutely oh, fantastic. Amazing." Oh, one of the best wrestling matches of all time. Yep. What I think probably his best match, but there's a bunch of great ones. Uh, oh, he, yeah, he's exactly. looking for recommendations. So uh, I would recommend he had a match with Shawn Michaels. Uh, it was in, at uh, In Your House, right? Rage in a Cage. In Your House, Rage in a Cage. Uh, 90, I don't remember what year it was. 96, that, 97, that time around. I want to say but, it was 
It was right before he won the belt, right? I'm not. I'm not sure. I just remember that pay, that pay per view. But in your house, uh, Rage in the Cage, Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels is a great match. He had a match on Raw in 1997 with Davy Boy Smith. That's That's a, that, would, that was yeah. a really underrated match. You know, you could always watch his the watch the King of the Ring tournament in 1994. Only Amazing Owens match. matches, yeah. and and you'll get like his whole thing. Um, yeah, some great matches with um, with members of DX. He's had yes. some great matches with. Um, uh, another great match he had was with actually Steve Austin. Um, you want to check out his Dan Severn match? Yeah, oh, Dan that's a good one. Ken Shamrock. That was the other two good ones. Um, you could, yeah, you could do all that. Check out. I mean, look, and even some of the best stuff that Owen did also, like he did great matches, but he, he, some of the best stuff he did was also like just, just promos and, and, yeah. and, and, and the, the feud that he had with Brett in 1994 into 95. Oh my, one of the best Those things. promos were amazing. amazing. And I always thought he was better at promos than I Brett. Said, oh my God, except for the moment where he's just like, yeah, Brett. I kick your leg out of your leg. <laughs> Come on now. Owen, you can do what better the, what than the hell, that. Owen? What's going on? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, there, there's a bunch of them, um, you know, but, yeah, like, cage match. Uh, this is the last one I'll say. Cage match with Bret Hart and Owen Hart at SummerSlam 94. It was right after their Mania match. That was also uh, a good. Watch a lot one. of his tag team work with um, David Boy Smith. Watch too. everything. Watch everything. But uh, I would start. I would start with, since you already watched the '94 uh, Mania match, watch the SummerSlam match, the the follow up uh, in the it's a cage match, and then go to the Shawn Michaels match the, uh, at In Your House, Rage in a Cage, and then kind of snowball from there. Go go lose yourself. It, is he, it, is, it, do they still have his matches on Peacock? Because I couldn't find his matches on WWE uh, the channel. They're there. They're there. Yeah, they were they were always there. Yeah, yeah, they they're always there. Uh, but the, the only thing that's not is his appearance at, or they they cut the entire uh over the edge pay per view from the they Peacock. Should. Yeah, they definitely should. Yeah, um, and so that's a thing. But Owen Hart, man, the King of Hearts, finally getting honored. We love it. Yeah, I enjoy this. This actually, I, that's I text when I uh, when I found out about it. I text you right away. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Legitimately, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, anyway, let's keep it going. Um, do do do. Do we have anything else? Oh yeah, we we definitely have something else. Uh, we'll we'll save that for last. We'll do one more big segment here as I uh, pull up uh, my rounded and handy dandy graphics. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. <laughs> we fight on Friday nights, Michael. AEW versus WWE. We are my new favorite thing to talk about because everyone on the internet loves to talk about it. So, <laughs> AEW is going to be running Grand Slam in New York. WWE just ran in Madison Square Garden. And it looks like there's a little bit of a, a contention between these two and the New York market. So, both AEW and WWE are going to be running the brand new UBS Arena in Belmont, New York. That's in Long Island. It's a brand new arena, about uh, it, it, like some anywhere between ten thousand to, to I believe eighteen thousand seats. So it's got a, a considerable amount of seats. Right now, we I have an update as far as ticket sales for both of these events. WWE is running before AEW, right? They are running the UBS Arena in Belmont, Texas, or sorry, in Belmont. At, Bel at Belmont Park in Long Island on November 29th. 
So they're running on November 29th. AEW is running on December 8th. So these are within like basically a week, week and a half of each other. Two big wrestling shows. They're running Raw there on November 29th. Right now, uh, the the estimated capacity is 7,398 according to WrestleTix. And the right now, they've only sold 2,450 tickets. That's 33% sellout. Comparatively to AEW, who's running the same arena just a week later, AEW, out of an estimated capacity of 8,851, that's more, about a th- over 1,000 more than Raw has right now, they've sold 6,167 wow. tickets. So 70% of their their uh, tickets are sold out for that show. They're probably going to open up some more seats later uh, cons- because they're, this is like three months in advance. So they're they're definitely going to open up more seats. They're going to sell out fairly soon. So think about that. Right now, same arena within a week of each other. AEW has sold out 70% of the tickets while having more seats available than Raw has. And Raw's only sold 2,450 tickets, according to Russell Tix. Trevor, what do you take away from this? What's the big takeaway from from this uh, the, the this apparent the big win for AEW in the New York market? AEW is the hotter ticket right now. I mean, it's, it's the hotter product, you know. It's what people want to see. It's, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Like, I mean, they're they're doing everything right. I mean, they're doing a lot wrong too. Don't get me wrong. We're, like, we're not just jumping on the hype train for AEW. We talk about the world things they do as well. But, but they're doing a lot right at the moment. Um, they're pushing the right wrestlers. They're pushing the right product. They're marketing to the right the, the right demographic. They're doing everything right. Now, that, what what's to say that WWE won't you know come back and maybe be a little you know and maybe outsell them you know in, in the long run? We don't know. But right now, AEW is a hotter, hotter, hotter ticket. They're doing the right things. Of course, they're gonna sell sell out before WWE because they're a new kid on the block. Yeah, I think this is a big it's a big deal for AEW more so than WWE. WWE ticket sales have been kind of stagnant like this. They they're they're gonna do something. They're gonna get Brock Lesnar on the show or or whatever. They'll they'll hot shot something and put something together. But AEW to sell out this quickly and it, it, because it's December, we have no idea what's gonna be going on in December as fans. Really, like we have guesses, but the, the fact that they were able to sell out uh, 70% of their estimated tickets or estimated capacity is a huge deal and it shows you exactly what you said this is a hotter ticket this is a hotter product as far as the people who want to spend money on wrestling and man like AEW is already they're already running Chicago again and they like they announced for the Wintrust Arena and they're already sold out now within like uh, about a week and a half of announcing it so they are they are just hot in in all of the places that you would think WWE would be, but they've they basically taken over Chicago at this point. Uh, they are making a huge foothold, and this proves it in the New York market. And I think that the the longer this goes on, we might see more of this because people know that Raw is going to be a flat product, and maybe people just don't want to. Uh, Go to those shows, and then they're not willing to spend that money this much in advance until they see what they're offered, as opposed to AEW, where they're just like, oh, that's going to be a great show. Oh, Dynamite's coming? It's like seeing the Rolling Stones come to town. Like, let's go. <laughs> right, you know? But it's, I mean, it's it's going to be fun to watch what happens. Because like I said, again, you don't we don't know what's happening. You should put that on a shirt. Ah, it's going to be fun to watch, Michael. I'm going to put, put that on a shirt. 
for you. You used to love to say that, don't you? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, uh, uh, related to this, ABB in the chat says, I can definitely see this Long Island show in December ending up being this year's Winter is Coming show. By the way, WrestleTix has been such a great account to follow. Yes, go follow them at WrestleTix on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTix. Uh, they do an, a wonderful job over there at, at providing ticket information for, for wrestling and, and uh, um, amazing job at, at making everyone on the internet angry. <laughs> I Pretty love much. it, though. I That's love it, though. Do. So big ups to Russell Ticks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ryan also says, hi, bro. Have you played the new Madden? I have not played the new Madden, Ryan, and I don't know what the franchise mode is, but I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing as it was the past 15 years. Pretty much. It's the same thing. Um, who are the Broncos playing this week? I believe the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, this is a big deal for AEW. I love how I, I just made that transition from wrestling to NFL to wrestling again. But yeah, it's going to be a big deal for AEW. Big deal. Fun to watch. Uh, yep. Hashtag trade Ben Simmons. If you guys want to hear more about the trade for Ben Simmons, you guys should totally check out Real Take Sports Talk tomorrow night right here on the YouTube channel. We're going to be talking about Ben Simmons, talking about the NFL, talking about the latest news from the wonderful world of sports. So check that out. Hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever that live stream happens. It's going to happen tomorrow night, probably probably 6 p.m. around then, just so I can get in time to watch AEW Grand Slam. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, Yeah. Anyway, let's move on and talk about our final topic for today, and that is Dark Side of the Ring, which made its return to Vice this past week, and it came, and boy, did it return. So, yeah. Dark Side of the Ring returned with an episode chronicling the events that took place on the infamous plane ride from hell in 2002. It's an event that many people kind of look back on as one of those wild party stories from uh the, from when the boys were boys and all that kind of stuff and and this a lot of people I think going into this Trevor went into this you know thinking this is going to be a very similar episode to the or at least I thought it's going to be similar to the collision in Korea episode where yeah. it's just going to be like a oh you know a story about this one event that was really weird and and, and crazy but but it's going to be mostly I thought it was going to be funny I'm not going to lie to you because this is also something that I hadn't, I hadn't really, I didn't know too much about. Honestly, this is one of those things I, I didn't really, I never really took interest in uh, outside of like, oh, it's a funny story or whatever. But because that's all you're told about, it. that was the whole narrative behind it before this uh, documentary. So I didn't really know much about what happened. But man, oh man, if you watch this, if you went into this expecting something lighthearted and and a crazy party story. It was not that. This was this was one of the most consequential, I think, documentaries in pro wrestling history, and it's going to go down as such. This there's so much to talk about here, Trevor. Uh, we'll get into to the all the main parts of this, but what's your takeaways from this documentary? I was I was the same way when going into this. Like I knew of it, but I didn't know enough of it to actually give it a you know a fair shake or actually like uh comment on it but knowing what i know now that's wow <laughs> it, it makes me see some people in a different light you know what i mean absolutely um so one of the so the reason why this became such a thing and a big so, so and people are talking about it so much 
are because of some of the actions of the people on the plane and the allegations of sexual assault from uh, one of the uh, airline um, um, stewardesses on the plane, one of the flight attendants, rather, on the plane. Her name is Heidi Doyle. And the, it, the, this was so interesting. This is why this is the different perspective that Dark Side of the Ring provides because it's not only wrestling. It, it portrayed this entire thing from the perspective of you're a flight attendant there. You're someone who's outside of the world of wrestling. And Heidi Doyle's entire journey, her entire experience on there is something completely different than what fans are told about this story. Because we're told it's a it was a lighthearted, fun trip that things got wild on a plane, people's hair got cut. Yeah, that that happened, but Heidi Doyle chronicles many several different incidents, most notably when she was cornered by Ric Flair, who was running around the plane only wearing his robe with Space Mountain out and about. And he forced her, essentially, he forced her in a corner, and then he forced her to touch him, which, you know, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. Uh, there's another incident that that she no- that she noted where Scott Hall licked her face and ripped buttons off of her shirt, which is again very disgusting. As Scott Hall was there and drunk. Uh, they they talked about this 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 thing that the boys used to do where they used to put housing, which is like a a, a basically a it's it's like roofies essentially it's something to put you put in there someone's drink and they pass out and that was like a rib that they would put on the boys and rvd the way he talked about it it was so this was so interesting you could hear the like the the almost sense of hesitation in rvd's voice when he was talking about it uh but i'm sorry i'm getting a little jumbled here there's so much to talk about but let's stick to heidi doyle so what did you make of the the allegations and the perspective that heidi doyle uh, provided in this episode it was interesting it, it, it was it was a different take you know on on what was going on because like like you say like dark side of the ring does a great job of like showing different perspectives um and hers was that of kind of like at first like an on watcher like uh like what's going on and you know like kind of serving these people and just looking um observe uh being an observation uh about what's going on but then she became a victim um technically because of what happened with her rick flair and um other other accounts and it was and you saw you saw how it it still affected her to this day how she was talking about it um but i felt for i felt bad for her and apparently uh, further research, there was a lawsuit involving her and another another uh, stewardess, uh, flight attendant. Um, yeah, so it's 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 just sad. It's it's one of those things where I mean it it kind of pissed me off a little bit the way Tommy Dreamer kind of made it seem. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah we'll I talk wanna... about Tommy Dreamer. That that that's a that's another big issue with this. Yeah. But we'll we'll get into that. But honestly, from what I found out, it, it was it was interesting, not in a good way. But yeah, it was. It, but it's a documentary, and and I liken it to the Chris Benoit documentary. It's a documentary that I think all wrestling fans need to watch oh, because it, it shows you. There's this old adage: you you never want to meet your heroes because you're not going to like who they actually are. It yep. shows you in the light of the real world what 
the boys and what that the toxic mentality in the locker room was. Yeah. And it was a and it was yeah. a place where flipping your dick around and 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 forcing it upon people was normal. We're yeah. slipping we're slipping housey in and H bombing people and, and having them pass out and I mean, having a laugh at that expense was normal. Things that today we look at as you know. as 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 terror as oh my god like it like you don't even need to t tell anyone those things are bad it's automatically known that they're bad but you had to back then it it, it just it, it shows you how toxic that was that's why I get pissed off when when big respect to Undertaker as far as what he's done as a wrestler right that's why I get pissed off when people like him and and all these other old heads go on TV. Go on podcasts and say, oh, well, you know, back in the day when, when, when WWE, when men were men, when, when the boys are soft now, the, the wrestlers are soft now, uh, the, it, back in my day, they'd be out in, in, you know, getting like, you know, drunk and, and all that stuff. And I'm just like, dude, so you're telling me you would rather have these people out there partying, doing drugs, literally poisoning their bodies, getting into fights, uh, uh, getting arrested doing terrible things to women instead of being backstage playing video games and having fun and, and right. doing things that are that are not only constructive, productive, but also helpful for their mental health? You're telling me that to that, that toxic-ass environment in the locker room that, that existed for decades where people were abusing drugs because they didn't, ha they didn't have health care, they were in pain, and they didn't know how to medicate it because they were abusing drugs and doing all this terrible shit is somehow better than what we're doing now and that people now are, are worse off because oh, they're not getting the, the boys. And what was the boys? The boys doesn't exist. The boys was, was a construct invented. So that people like Undertaker could get free beer from Wrestler's Court when he wanted to. So that people like Undertaker, people like Ric Flair, people specifically, people like Ric Flair could do the things that he did. That, honestly, no one is surprised. That's the one thing I think, I've talked to several people about this. All of the, all of the events that were portrayed on this, I don't think there's a single person who's paid attention to wrestling or knows Ric Flair, knows all about all of, knows wrestling. Who was surprised by anything that was said in this at all? No one was surprised, one and that shows you how how protected how the, how there's a veil there's a veil of celebrity there's a veil of 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 us as fans the we things we don't want to see that but that documentaries like this that's why they're so important they show us and they and they show it to us in in, in the in the most upfront and blunt way because we need to see it we needed to see hear, hear the story because. I I will never want to hear again from people who 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 were in the attitude era that oh my god well uh, these these kids these days they don't they, they don't they don't know what the boys is I don't want to hear that shit anymore. Unfortunately, you're gonna keep hearing it because there are people that that that, that uh, celebrate toxic behavior that make toxic behavior uh, a thing, and with the whole quote unquote boys bullshit that toxic behavior was a way of them coping with the pain, like you said, and a way of them letting their hair down. When, also abusing, abusing their power. Yeah, exactly. Abusing their power. Like when in, in hindsight and in actuality, it was a bunch of bullshit. They just, that, like you said, they were just bullies that were, that were rich and that were abusing their power. Yeah. And that, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, we'll get to Ric Flair and, and the kind of the fallout from this, but, 
the, the interesting thing to take away was also Jim Ross's role. Jim Ross was on the here talking about how he never wanted to talk about this again. You could sense everyone who came up and talked about this for one reason or another, other than Tommy Dreamer, really, there was a sense of shame when yeah. discussing this issue, especially RVD. You could tell he was, it, I don't know whether it was regret or, or him like, talking about this and just has it like it was you could sense that you could sense it with jr he just did not want to talk about this but even, even just incredible was was put off a bit by talking about it and, and i be, i forgot because, I, and because I, I think it's because they know what happened was wrong they right. know it was right. wrong they know it was scummy and 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 they know what it's going to look like when it comes out because there's no sugarcoating it we've been sugarcoating it for the past 20 years by ignoring the truth that rick flair People saw it. Rob Van Dam even witnessed it. Forced a woman to touch his private parts, yeah. and and that's and that's reality. And like, look, the 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 I was talking about Jim Ross's role. the The importance of Jim Ross's role here too is that he talked about how afterwards, and and this kind of goes to the idea of of protecting like these 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 athletes, these abusers. He talked about how. Afterwards, they fired Scott Hall because he was a drunk mess, right? And he was they, people thought he was legitimately dead. So they fired him. They find Dustin Rhodes, who had his own very bad issues on the plane. And Ric Flair, when he was asked about Ric Flair, you know what he said, Trevor? He said, what happened to Ric Flair? It's like, nothing. It's like, nothing. why? Because he's a made man. And that's yep. the truth that we all know. He's too that's big. Right. When someone's too big... To fail when someone's too big and protected, nothing they do is going to bring them down. And th and this is about accountability, not only for people like Ric Flair, but pe and not even for people in wrestling, but people in our society, powerful people, especially in our society, who've gotten away with this for too long. And we got to prove that it's not something that's going to that's going to be tolerated anymore. Yeah, it was, and you can see when he when when he got on the Flair subject that he was. He's not happy to talk about it. He's not even happy what happened with it. Um, I feel bad for Jim Ross in a, a few certain situations, but especially this one, because you could really see that this is not something that he wanted to be part of, not something that he even wanted to do. It just, yeah, it was, it, it was well, bad. He, and he felt bad for it, too. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I feel the most bad for 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 the flight attendants, all of them, well, including yeah, yeah, Heidi yeah, and Doyle, who was on there. But I mean, uh, for Jim Ross, I, what I will say is, if 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 this was only on Jr., if he if I I, I understand Jr. not having control of that locker room, even though it, that's his job, I it's no one's gonna have control over it other than one guy. And that one guy, there's conflicting reports about whether he was or was not on the plane. But let's go with what the documentary says, and he was. If Vince McMahon is on that plane, and there's people getting into fights, there's people vomiting, there's people uh, uh, forcing themselves on the flight attendants, and Vince McMahon is sitting there knowing what's happening in the back, having JR go back every five minutes, knowing that that's all happening. You're telling me that Vince McMahon just sat there and, and didn't do anything? Yeah. Like, that's preposterous. He's the one guy in the world who could have put a stop to all that nonsense. He could have put a stop to these people acting like children, and he didn't do it, assuming he was on there. Like, I mean, the reports, all the reports say, like he says, conflicting uh, accounts. He was there with his wife. He wasn't there. Um, 
So, like, but I'm going to go, like you said, with what I've heard on Doc Star and Ring, that he was there. But, like you said, if he was there with his wife, with, with Linda McMahon, and all of this was going, because he wasn't that far away, he was just in the, in the front of the plane. Like, all this shit was going on, and he did absolutely nothing. Drug use. Like, it, you heard um, uh, Doyle say that it was uh, needles on the fucking plane when they left. Like, there was definite drug use. And you're not doing anything. They're harassing the ladies. They're throwing up each other. They're roofing each other. They're cutting people's hairs off, hair off. They're fighting. Like, and you're doing absolutely nothing. And and it's leadership. It's a failure of leadership. I'll say Jr. definitely failed, but Vince McMahon but, failed way more because he's the guy. He's the one guy who could have stopped this entire culture. But he. But over time, we've heard this too. Vince likes to likes it when the boys are kind of at each other's throats. He, yeah. he likes this type of thing. So he, in a way, he kind of enabled some of this mentality. That, that's why you had Brock Lesnar and and uh, Mr. Perfect fighting on the plane, almost breaking through the wall of the of the plane. It's childish behavior, and there's a lot more childish behavior. One person who who really came off looking bad in this, and we'll go back to Ric Flair because he, he probably came off the worst in this. But the probably second to him in this is Tommy Dreamer because Tommy Dreamer was asked about this and he came off very defensive of Ric Flair and he w- and he, he said some very, very, you know, cliche tropes about about, you know, abuse. Uh, he compared the sexual assault to people being offended at his ponytail yeah. at one point. And he asked, well, well, why didn't she go to the police? Uh, which is another trope, another shitty trope. Um, he's been suspended from Impact Wrestling indefinitely because of these uh, the, these these comments. Busted Open Radio also said he won't be on for a while. Yep. Uh, Dreamer did release a statement where he apologized for his comments. But what did you make of Dreamer's comments? And kind of what does this tell us about the mentality? I think his his comments specifically were kind of a look into the mentality of the old guard. So what did you make of them? Absolutely. Um, what? I think you said it best. Like his 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 mentality is the boys, the, the boys, oh, nothing but the boys, the boys, this, the boys, that, that you know. He he came up about that in, in that in that era, and is and it pretty much was an old guard comment, like protecting his own and protecting himself. Like he and I honestly believe he didn't see anything wrong with it. I really don't. I really don't believe he actually saw anything wrong with it at the time. And I honestly believe he was just speaking his speaking what he thought. To to me, he doesn't believe shit stinks. Like when they were talking about when they were fighting, um, they were fighting going up against the door. He goes, Oh, you really mean to say that they're gonna break through the door? They're not gonna break through the door. Like, how do you know that? Like you don't know that. Like you're speaking off of just uh, assumptions and, uh, and, and opinions that you have. Then they asked him about the Ric Flair thing. Like you said, I won't go into everything he said, but he pretty much covered, covered it up saying, oh, that you honestly going to sit there and say, uh, Ric Flair is not the type of guy to do, do this, that, and the third. Like, come on. You're just covering your, your ass and everyone else's ass that was involved. Like it's, But it's okay to speak out on the truth. Stop being a dickhead and covering this shit up. The boys' lore is done. It's dead. It's it's not the same anymore. And if it was the same, there'd be half half of these so-called 
so-called unquote unquote boys will be fucking dead because it's a different mentality nowadays. It's a different day and age. It's a better shit, mentality. Exactly. The, the shit ain't gonna fly like it used to back then. And people ain't gonna be quiet either. The world champion is Big E, a dude who likes to dance and play video games. I love that because it's yeah. a lot better. You know it's I mean? a lot better than someone going out and getting drunk because he's in pain or, or popping pain pill, pills and all and the like. It's terrible. Uh, or But yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Tommy Dreamer, his, he came off as he came off as such a such a he came off as dumb. I'm not yeah. gonna lie to you. If for multiple reasons, multiple reasons, he came off as dumb. Because on one hand, the his his entire train of thought in this is completely unethical, immoral, and lacking any empathy for the victim who is Heidi Doyle. And on the other hand, he even if he believed this stuff, did he really think comparing? comparing the fact that someone would be upset about a sexual assault to his ponytail did he really think that that would come across how do you think that's going to come across that's going to come across bad even if you even if you don't believe in the snowflake millennials if you if you're one of those people you know the response you're going to get why would you say it regardless it's it is, it is it's dumb on multiple different counts and it, it shows you how little he really thinks about things before he says it i lost a lot of respect i'm not going to lie for i lost respect for rick flair I, ro- I lost respect for brock lesnar i lost respect for for wwe as a company i lost a lot of respect too for tommy dreamer because he came across as someone who doesn't see the problem here and if you don't see the problem you are enabling the problem because what did he do he he came out and he defended rick flair on the show that was that was supposed to really shine a light on what he is and in doing so he shined a light on why the business is better now than it was 20 years ago you know somebody who kind of stepped up is one Dustin Reynolds because he's the well. One that- I mean, well, no, he also did some things on that plane that that, that weren't do- that weren't in the documentary that were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, right. But he also pulled uh, Ric Flair away from the woman too. Pulled pulled the woman away from Ric, Ric Flair. But other than that, like he did some some questionable things. Yeah, it is. It is just terrible. Um. The other thing that we learned out of this was that Ric Flair, after this, he he kind of got a f- some fallout from this. Uh, he his car shield commercial that he was in th- that got pulled. The AE like he was supposed to be doing a run with AEW. That's what a lot of people assumed he was going to be Andrade's manager. He was going to come in and do that. That's not going to happen now. I promise you. Tony Khan's that is nuclear nuclear heat with Tony Khan. It should be nuclear heat with everybody, but. I could totally see him coming back to, to WWE or something in a few years. Like that's a, and it's a sad thing to say, but that's just how that's just how things work. Because it just seems like, oh well, time heals all wounds. And I'm like one of these people who is like big on forgiveness, and I think time heals a lot of wounds, right? And, and thinking and learning from your mistakes heals a lot of wounds. This ain't this ain't one of those things. I think though, this is not one of those things you just oh take some time off and you'll be good. No. This is something bigger with Ric Flair because this was we know that this happened. There are the fact that there are multiple cartoon skits 
about him exposing himself to flight yeah. attendants that are from apparently things other than there's another one that has nothing to do with the plane ride from hell. There's another one. So he's done this multiple times. And who knows to how many people he's done this outside of being on a plane? Like, it's a pattern of behavior. And this is what happens when you give powerful people uh, all and irresponsible people so much power. Um, yeah, Rick Flair did release a statement. Every person that I've worked with, from my lawyer to my publicist to my wife, has said not to post a response. But I've become, uh, but I've never run from past behaviors before, and I'm not going to start now. I want to clarify a few things. About four years ago, I gave ESPN full access to my life for a 30 for 30 special. They covered taxes, financial issues, adultery, divorces, the passing of my child, drinking, partying at length. Rory Camp, who uh, desperate, uh, desperate to, desperate to matter for another fifteen minutes, did an interview this morning. When Rory's lips are moving, he's typically lying. But one part of what he said was God's honest truth. He said, "Quote: I'd never heard that he had forced someone to touch his genital." Said Camp. Early, or everything with Ric Flair that was constructed, that was construed as a negative, I tried to address in a 30 for 30. His drinking, his philandering, his adultery, his money problems. There's quite a bit, but he, but never, at least in the couple, in the, in the people that I spoke to, no one ever brought up that he would force himself on somebody. Ric Flair goes on to say, I allowed my personal life and the lives of my wife and children to be turned upside down for one reason. Whether it's good or bad, even really bad, the truth has to matter, even in wrestling. My issues have been well documented in my 40-plus year career. The impact of drinking too much, which nearly killed me five years ago, has been told time after time. The reason Rory or anyone else, for that matter, never heard these stories of me forcing myself on anyone is simple. It never happened. So he... He denied that it ever happened, and he also talked about his problems with drinking. But again, this is not this is not something that I think is is really too debatable. Yeah. Uh, because considering RVD witnessed it, uh, Dustin Rhodes apparently also witnessed it. This is it's something that totally happened. And the other thing is, I I, I don't think that Ric Flair really understands maybe the perspective of someone like Heidi Doyle who. Remember, Heidi Doyle had a family. Yeah. This, she, she was she was on this trip to make some extra money because for her child, for her daughter. And when she came back, the one thing on her mind wasn't her daughter. The one thing was on her mind wasn't her family. It was how do I explain what happened to my husband? And right. I, how and, and how do I and how do I deal with him telling me? Well, what did you do to enable that? That's what she was thinking about. That's what she had to deal with. It wasn't just the the physical moment of what happened. It's the emotional scarring, the emotional toll that that takes on a person. And and our society, even in wrestling, needs to start having conversations about this. That's why the speaking out movement is so important. That's why documentaries like this that shed the light of pro wrestling from the perspective of real people. Because it's a work, man. It is a work. We love wrestling, but it's a work. It's not real. And we need to start... We need to start really looking at the history of wrestling in a different way. Definitely. <sighs> Trevor, anything else on this? Nothing. I think we beat this this horse to death. Absolutely. Um, well, next week they're going to be doing a Dark Side of the Ring on the life and career of Chris Canyon. 
which is another rough one to talk about. Another rough one, but also another important one because Chris Canyon's story has never really been told. Like if you nope. if you followed him or followed wrestling, you probably know something about it, but you don't know the full story. And 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 Chris Canyon, for those who might not know, he's he was one of the well. He he was a inactive wrestler in the '90s and the early 2000s, and he was uh, gay, and he had to hide that. That took a large toll on his mental health, and he ended up um, um, dying very early. And it was, it's it, but definitely check that episode out. It's going to be it's Canyon it's going was, to be a good one. Chris Canyon was an amazing in ring performer. I loved Chris Canyon. Um, I liked his work with him in uh, Domino's Page. It's, it's gonna be an interesting one. It's, it's gonna be a sad one, a rough one, but it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, let's go to the chat real quick uh, and, and finish these up, guys. If you have any final questions, final takes, uh, or yeah, final questions, guys, please hit it up in the chat as we are about to end this show. Um, and if you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you go so you get notified whenever a new video is released. All right. So let's go to the chat. We, um, okay, so CC is defending this as you guys. This is a wrestling chat. Just saying to all the people who are asking questions about the NFL and sports. Thank you, CC. Um, <laughs> AB, ABB in the chat says, "I'm so glad that I'm a fan at this current time in wrestling. Yes, there are still problems, especially speaking out last year, but nowhere near the majority like it was in the '90s. It was really yeah, it was rough in the '90s, man. It was rough in the '90s, rough in the '80s." We don't, even know, what, we don't even know what happened. Go watch the Fabulous Moolah documentary. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the Fabulous oh, did you Moolah finally, 30 for 30. Did you finally uh, watch that one? Which one? The the not the third, the not Dark Side of the Ring with Fabulous Moolah. Oh, I've seen every Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. Yeah. So, because I remember one time you didn't you didn't remember it or say it. But, yeah, that one was, that was wild. Yeah. And, and it shows... Yeah, it sh it shows a dark side of the ring, very similar to this from way back in the day. There was this this promoter named Billy Wolf who would essentially force girls to to uh, sleep with him for for advancement of their careers. It's it's another important one that I think fans should should watch. But absolutely, way we are we are always making progress, but we can always do better. That's what I will say. Brandon Harrison says this is sickening. Agreed. It absolutely was. It, it, and it gets worse. <laughs> it's, it's, yep. these, these, this is just the tip of the iceberg, man. Like, it, it gets worse. Yep. CC says, I agree. Brandon Harrison went on to say, I wonder how his kids feel about his statements if he has any. Yes, yeah, Ric Flair does have kids. Charlotte Flair is, is his kid. He's got kids. He so three, right? Or is it? Uh, well, he had. Well, I. I think I think he uh, he has a few. I I I know that I'm not sure Reed exactly. and Charlotte. No, I know Reed yeah, and Charlotte, yeah. and and there was also um um yeah. So anyway, um, I hope uh sorry. I hope they feel disgusted. I hope so too. Umar sounds fed up. Yeah, I I am fed up. It is this was, it was something like when I saw the the documentary, I literally just. I was expecting to just watch it and go to sleep, and it's something that I, it took me like an hour to really, truly like process. Like I was like, it it, it it jars you as a wrestling fan, especially if you if you're not familiar too much with the events that took place. It jars you, uh, but it makes you think, and I think it's a good thing. We we should be thinking and talking about these issues more so. 
the one that uh, bothered me the most, this one got me too, but the one that bothered me the most was about um, Jake the Snake's father. Oh, yeah, that was also another one. That, that one, was very yeah, heavy. That, that one was hard for me to watch. That one but, and uh, the Owen Hart one too as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ABB says, if you could possibly at all predict the matches at Full Gear, we'll do that in a second, Branson Harrison said, more so concerning Tommy's kids. I think Tommy does have kids. I believe he has a daughter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I and so. And that, that – that's another. That's that's another situation too. Like, I'm not gonna home. be, I'm not gonna be the person who's like you know, put put your loved one in that shoes. But if if I had a a sister or my mother was in that position, I would not feel the way Tommy Dreamer feels at all. And, no, and I I would like to think that if he thought about it in that same way, he would not think that. So again, if you're one of just, those people, truly think that. about that if that happens to someone you love. Yeah, I hope he rethought that situation honestly. I hope so, too. Genuinely hope so. ABB says, if you could possibly predict um, at all uh, matches at full gear, what would they be? Love the stream, guys. Keep going. Those numbers will increase in no time. Thank you. And they always Thank are you, because of wonderful people like you who hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. I'm going to put that on the shirt one day. Um, so <laughs> as far as full gear goes, I think the big match is going to be Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Title. I think yeah. that's going to be the big yeah. main event match uh, that we all know. It's the, the pay-per-view that is literally Hangman Page. It was named after him, for him. It was his yeah. pay-per-view. So that's going to be a, a big one. Uh, that, that's one that I think most fans are expecting. Other than that, I, that that's, there's a chance we see Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD there. I think there's a very good chance that... I think they, you they might see Sammy Guevara versus uh, Miro. 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 Yeah, Sammy Guevara versus Miro. They they just build that up with Fuego. Who, by the way, Fuego. God bless him, my guy. Your car. Yeah. Your you, car. You just yeah. got this new contract. Got this new <laughs> Hyundai. You're chilling, and you trade in a car for a world title match. Oh my God, this is one of the dumbest moves. It was. But, but, it was but great, hey, Fuego is one in sixty-one right now. But when he gets that first win, bro, I tell I'm, when he gets that that win, that big uh, one-two-three kid win, it is going to be one of the most special things ever, and it's gonna happen one day. That is one of these days. One of these days. Oh, one of these days, Fuego is gonna win. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, duh, 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 what else could happen? It's a lot. It's Some, a whole lot. something with the super click. Super click. Ooh, super click versus Death Triangle. Ooh. Ooh. And hopefully by then the trios championship will be. Oh, <laughs> that could be fun. Ah, uh, super click. Now I. Oh, now I want that match. No, I don't want any other match. I want super click versus that, death yeah, triangle. That'd be yeah, great. I want that. I want that. Tony, Tony, I want that. <laughs> please, oh, please, Tony, please. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I I think the the possibilities are endless. You got Brian Danielson and CM Punk. We haven't even talked about that, guys. Uh, Brian Danielson and CM Punk uh, are going to be on the card at some point. Yeah, who knows what they're going to do? But whatever they the roster's so loaded, they could do whatever, and it's going to be money. Exactly, they could do whatever they want. Darby if versus Brian. Darby versus Brian. That'd be oh, that'd be a damn good match. Okada versus Omega. Because Okada's going to jump one one of these. They're not jumping. They're, they're going to do that swap. He's going to do that talent swap. And Okada's going to come over for a match eventually. And it has to be with Omega. Um, favorite wrestler, guys. All time, currently. 
Trevor, favorite wrestler all time? All time? Yeah, just one or two? One. One? You, Shit. Um, you got, you, yeah, one. You got to make someone upset. Shawn Michaels. Mine is the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. He's my favorite. Always loved him. Always will. And he's such a great, what a great guy. He what is. A great he really guy. is a nice he's guy. He's genuinely he really a nice He's a nice guy. Um, right now for me, like if I and I'm, I'll take Brian Danielson out of it. Right now, my favorite wrestler. Mm, there's oh, there's so there's so many good ones. Um, Trevor, what about you? Who's your favorite right now? Right now, uh, again, so many good ones. Uh, mm. I might. It's right. It's between two. Um, probably Freshly Squeeze and uh, John Moxley. I think I'm gonna go with uh, a little bit of an underdog. An underdog, the big dog. No, um, no, not the big dog. Um, but no, for me, I, I think Darby Allen's my favorite right now. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I said I, this I before. I, I think Darby Allen has this this interesting aura about him. He's genuinely cool, like like in a way that similar to Jeff Hardy back in the day. You just look like and it's just the way he carries himself the fact that he doesn't care about what people think and it's just his entire aura is just something cool and and and, and interesting and it, and it draws people in yeah. uh, to him yeah if we're talking indie guys though um Danhausen definitely that that house is my favorite wrestler right now uh, indie wise anyway he's 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 decent <laughs> he's no, he's no bandito though yeah, bandito <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, no, this is fun. Trevor, any final takes? Uh, keep the questions coming, guys. This was really fun. A lot of fun. It's a fun time, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. IBB, CC, uh, Harrison, Brandon Harrison, uh, Kerwin, all you guys. Of course, Ryan Woodridge, the great Ryan Woodridge. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Please hit that like button if you haven't already. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. We got real take sports talk. So all you people who came in with your uh, wrestle or your sports questions on my wrestling podcast, check out my sports podcast tomorrow night, where I'm going to be talking about all the news. You guys can ask me all the questions you want there. Real take sports talk tomorrow. Real take football talk on Sundays every morning. Sunday morning, break down all the Sundays games. I'm a maniac because and I love content and I love providing it to you guys. Trevor, say bye to the people. Bye, people. We will see you guys same time, same place next week.